place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics Town This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Pop Up Tea. Check out their huge, mungus, ginormical selection of nerdy, fun t-shirts at popuptea.com. They have a shirt for every nerdy thing you could possibly think of. I'm serious. Use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of any shirt order on popuptea.com. Even the clearance stuff, which is already so low in price. But go and check them out and thank you to our sponsor, Pop Up Tea. Go check them out at popuptea.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for joining us here. This week, my co-host and I, Michael Norris, we review, we discuss, we have some chuckles, we comment, we give you some recommendations about Starman. Yes, Starman from the 90s. Put on your emo hat, folks, because it is the very birth of emo. And of course, spoiler alert, we uh, do go over it pretty much page by page. So definitely follow along, pick it up, grab it. Uh, We read it off of the DC Universe app and check it out. It's Starman. So here we go. We're going to discuss and break it all down. Have some fun with the 90s. That's right. Starman. Here you go. Volume one. Enjoy. All right. I'm back with my co-host, Michael Norris. How you doing, Mr. Norris? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I'm ready to talk about Starman from the 90s. Yeah, you get your your goatee all grown out, and you're, uh, you know, you ready to be the '90s. <laughs> yep, I got my Chemical Romance on standby. I'm ready to just pump through the airwaves here through our ear holes. <laughs> Could you be any more '90s? <laughs> That's right. I'm I'm to the max. I'm extreme. Remember '90s? Extreme. Everything was extreme. I have 20 extra pockets on my pants, and I don't know what they're for. <laughs> nice. They're for nothing. They're just there to look good. They're just there. <laughs> Or put one thing in each pocket, so at least you don't feel bad. <laughs> so here we are, DC Comics, Starman, the beginning of tomorrow. We're starting with issue number zero. Follow along with us, everyone. Read this 90s classic written by James Robinson and, uh, man, an art by uh, Tony Harris. Tony Harris. Also inks by Wade Von Grawbadger, and they keep the team, right? I believe they keep the team for 80 issues. Which is phenomenal, and and yeah. it's a rare thing. That's it's it's a comet, you guys. It's Haley's. So uh, you know, look right into the bright center of this comet here. <laughs> Do your eyes it, burn? It, are you saying it's a shining star of a comet? <laughs> yes, it is. Perfectly. Uh, and the dad jokes will be here all night, people. Boom. <laughs> So let's start with the cover of issue number zero of Starman. I love the symmetry of it. You've got circles and stars. It's a thing that that continually happens, right? Circles and stars for Starman cover issue zero. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get a a nice sense here. Very, very 90s. So 90s. $1.95, October 94, which I like. I miss that when it says the month and and the year. And uh, page numbers, which we saw were kind of uh, sporadic, but this thing's got page numbers. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it even has what I love is, you know, when you start off even on the first page, you get an old smoking billboard, you know, you don't see that anymore. Right. True. 
those are gone thing of the past and this was the this really led to the birth of emo this was right upon the edge of it right from from the so <laughs> this, this was part Most of the reason of why we had emo in our world right agree <laughs> of course of course <laughs> but yeah it's a you know it's it has a very um because this came out shortly after batman animated series i want to say so it's got that same kind of feel to me that very art deco kind of look and feel and very classic yes and it's also looked very different for dc if as far as we were talking earlier about like continuity this seems like a vertigo title it seems very otherworldly and um what is the symbol on the top right it was that was that the else world what was the symbol on the cover of issue zero on the top right do you remember i think that's just his that's just his starman symbol no i think that's a tie-in to something wasn't it is it? Oh, uh, yeah. no, Zero Hour. Zero Hour, thank it's you. Zero Hour. Yes. That's what it is. So is this the Starman world uh, another, uh, help me if you know, if you don't, fine. Is it, a, is it another Earth? Is it a different continuity? Is it a multiverse? Like, is this set in the same world where Flash could run by at any moment? Uh, this Opal Absolutely. City? Yep, this this Opal City, this was, this was kind of their... Um, this kicked off with Zero Hour, which was their second big event they did after, like, the 1980 Crisis on Infinite Earths. They were trying to streamline stuff, and they were taking continuity and people from different Earths and putting them all into one spot. So they basically reset the timeline where Batman wouldn't be, you know, like, 60 years old at this point. He's back to being in his mid-20s. And, and just kind of, you know, they tried to clean it up a bit. You know, when you get characters that have been around since the 40s, you got to do a little housekeeping every once in a while. I see. So that that's what this was, and this was kind of their first introduction of this modern take on this Starman and making a legacy character, which is for DC is a big deal. They have a lot of legacy characters. Yeah, I felt it was a modern retelling of the Golden Age character, which was Starman. Correct? Yes. Yes. And I feel like, and again, I wasn't, full disclosure, I, I didn't read the original Golden Age uh, Starman. I didn't read this. I'm all, I'm brand new to this. Uh, you didn't read this either, right? This is, you're brand new to this as well. I'm brand new to this. But okay. it is something I remember seeing in what, when this come out, 94? Yeah. And, you know, I was meant to pick it up and I just never did. Me either. And I don't know why. I, I think I was still knee deep in Spider-Man at the time and what was going on there. Uh, so one thing that I thought right off the bat was we're introduced to David. He's a star man. And I'm like, is this the, cause from the, from the cover, we've got the emo looking dude with the steampunk glasses. And then we got <laughs> David looking very golden agey, right? Very superhero-y capey green cape, uh, which was glorious, beautiful. And, uh, this golden rod of destiny, which I'm going to call it that. Cause everything, if you're holding a, <laughs> that's a destiny, <laughs> the, the cosmic rod of destiny. Which uh, I, I already I was like, okay, this is going to be like page three. David's shot right out of the air. Starman oh. is. Yeah, I, I was what like, a, what? What a way to begin a series is like you're looking at the protagonist and you shoot him through the heart right away and watch him fall to his death. Yeah, you're like I I, I was like uh, okay. I was a little concerned because early <laughs> I told you this, uh, you know, the, the lettering was handwritten, very clearly handwritten. Yeah. And it, it go, it, it, it's like an odd size. Sometimes it's large and small and it's a little all over the place. There's, there's missing some commas. 
Sometimes you got to kind of figure things out. There's weird dashes in places. It feels very organic, very handmade, right? Yep. Well, and I think you hit it. This would have been, this is just on the edge of Vertigo. If they wanted to push the content to be more adult, then it would have been a Vertigo title. But I think they really kept James Robinson to keep it in the mainstay DC universe just to see what happens. Yeah, 100%, because even by the death of David here, which is gorgeous, right? All this green, he's standing on the edge of this, like a, a strange gargoyle on the, on the edge of a building. And, oh, very Batman. Oh, it's so Batman and all this glorious green, right? And even the blood, as the, as the projectile, we don't know if it's a bullet at this point, goes straight through him. There's no blood. It's just like his cape tatters behind him. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, they're, they're toning it down from a Vertigo title to a mainstream DC title. Well, and even the dialogue, David's so excited to become Starman. You know, he's just, he's embracing this legacy. And I'm Starman. He's taking this, the, on page two, there's that bottom right panel where you just see his foot, just his toes <laughs> touching the ledge as he takes off. And you flip to page three, and he's just shocked. And then yeah. just two panels of his silhouette fall into the ground. What a great, shocking start. Even the, the, the blast wave of blood that, when he hits the cement doesn't look like blood right it looks kind of yeah. black and i was thinking for a short second here is he an alien are we in an alien world where is opal city i was a little confused i'm going man he snapped the the golden rod of destiny which is is his source of power yeah. you know this phallic source of power that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a little weird looking <laughs> his penile source of power that he carries with him and golden rod of of uh uncomfortableness and it's just like, wow, what a great setting, what a great start, what a great shock. I, I was in and excited from this point. Were you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the art's gorgeous all the way through. And I, you know, you know, full disclosure on here, I already knew, obviously, who the character is in this because I've read other things he's been in. So I was very excited to see this part of it. But I even love the, the title of this arc, which is Sins of the Father. Yeah. And it's like, okay, again, that's going to build on a legacy character because – Right now, you don't know if this is present day, present day for 1994, or if this is, you know, if this is 1940. So you don't know who the Starman is yet. Right. And this, uh, after the death, we go into previously on, you know, uh, pre times past. And I yes, think in which 19... is a great way to say it. Not, you know, who says times past? I think that was a nice way versus previously or 12 hours ago or whatever it is. Well, I was thinking too that this is an overused trope in comics and media and TV shows and everything, right? Where they're afraid they're going to lose us. And so they have to show us something crazy and then kind of go back, you know, and then we have yeah. to kind of get caught back up to it. 1994, I don't think that trope was used as much. It was, you know, a little fresher. Like what? They're, you know, they're backing it up and going into the past Instead of going forward in a linear fashion, I want to say, you know, this was probably a little bit uh, fresher and newer at, for, for what it was doing as far as storytelling. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. You know, th there was less of the sensationalism. You know, mm -hmm. I got to grab your attention right away. Now, comics did it for years where the cover would be some outrageous cover to pull you in. But it typically wasn't the first couple pages that would do that. Yeah, you could be onto something there. Probably the movie industry copied the comic book industry as from if you just go by covers, because that that is like a lot of covers lead it is a pinnacle moment, 
and then you got to kind of wait for it and get caught up back in time. So maybe that's where it came from. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah, you know what's nice is the you get right into like the next page where it's at. You know that time's passed and David's in his full Starman costume, and it's such a stark contrast to the other people who are in there. And you know you find out who Jack is, which is David's brother, and then their dad is there too, and they're just kind of a they actually seem like a real family. There's some definite dysfunction here. There's some definite emo feeling here, right? Where he's a bit, yeah. where where Jack is a bit angsty, you know? Yeah, and, and I wouldn't even call it emo. Maybe at this time it would have been Gen X. <laughs> okay. Right? Pre, pre-emo Gen X, we'll call it. Pre-emo, I like that. yeah. And the dad's not really kind of being very loving to Jack, right? It's, he's, he's paying more attention to the primary son, the elder son, David. Yes. Yeah, and he definitely seems to be favoring him. In fact, when the, the two sons are arguing, it's like he automatically signs, sides with the one and just pisses Jack off. And he yeah. just tells him, I don't want to see you for a while. You know? yeah. It's like, woo. I don't know. I've never had a parent tell me that. I just don't want to see you for a while. It's like, can you harsh. imagine pissing him off that bad? And, and you know, it's it, that's a, such a harsh thing for the dad to do to his son, right? And But Jack, like, he, he still, like, like, like almost like a puppy dog, right? Still follows after his dad and loves his dad and, and gives everything for his dad, even though his dad kind of treats him like crap a lot of the times. Well, it, he, he insulted his dad's work and, you know, he insulted Starman. He put down his brother because, and you start to think, is this a jealousy thing? And I think it's more of a living in a shadows thing. You know, I don't think so much. It's like he's jealous of his brother being Starman. I think it's more of, He's been living in his brother's shadow or his dad's shadow, and he wants to do his own thing, and he's sick and tired of hearing about it. Yeah, but you know, he is his. He's got those, uh, those. What do you call them? Like, like the first world problems, where you know, yeah. he's got a good living. Everyone's doing fairly well, and he's, you know, he's his father's a superhero. His brother's a superhero. He, his his father's this amazing inventor, but he's still a bit, you know, angsty about it, and has this uh this this definite dysfunction within his family. What happened to his mom? Where did they mention the mom? Like what where the mom is? Well she well she's mentioned later on, but she's dead. Okay. Yeah, she's dead. They so. Disney they Disneyed her out. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have both parents. They Moana'd her quickly. Right. No, Moana the parents live, sorry. You know, every other Disney movie. They they Disney the parents. <laughs> Bambi. They bambied. There you go. They bambied the mom. And so uh, I like that we get the, a bit of the neighborhood. We get a bit of like Opal City here. There's, you know, I, I was uh, grunting a little by by some of the heavy dialogue. There's a lot of thought, uh, but there's a lot of thought bubbles going on here, right? A lot of it. Yeah, but you get a good sense of who Jack is with just this, really, this just these couple pages right there where he's like, like you said, wandering the neighborhood, talking to everybody. Everybody knows him. You know, and it's not a pretty neighborhood. It's not, you know, it's not Metropolis. And it, but it's not Gotham. It's not like you're going to lose a kidney for walking outside. And so, talk about every color in the rainbow in Opal City, right? Opal City is oh, just, yeah. it's just a beacon. It's a, it's a mixed bag of jewels. It's just, I mean, even I love the the small business, uh, you know, partnership. The family feeling of the small businesses. He goes from like the the haircut place, the tattoo place. They're all mom and pop shops. There's no corporations here. There's no Starbucks on the corner, right? It's it's this community of small business owners, and he's one of them. 
Yeah, he's one of them. I and mean, he even recognizes there's a new one in place. And he's like, huh, what happened there? So, and uh, I don't know. I, I get a kick out of his, because his name is Jack Knight. And the fact that his name of his store is Knight's Past. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's just a fun name. And totally. he's got this very red with, you know, high contrast blue window store. And it's just a little tiny panel, but you get a very good sense that he's a bold person, but also very, he wants to be classic. He's, he's a man at a time. Totally. And I want to be in his store. I want to, I want to, oh, yeah. I want a store like this and I want to, I want to visit it and look at the, the old stuff. He's just this big fan of old things. I love that. He's a young, handsome, strapping young man, but he loves and appreciates and respects old things. Oh yeah, and even to the point where he loves to smell. Loves to smell. You know, who hasn't picked up an old book or old comic book and you know what that smells like? And he's got a whole store of knickknacks and antiquities that just have that old smell where you know it's got some history. Totally. And did you catch quickly on uh, the when they go by the tattoo parlor the uh, reverse swastika on the wall? Did you catch that? No. No, I did not. <laughs> yeah. Which I believe I remember it's, it's actually like a Buddhism thing. It's not a, it's a reverse swastika. Yeah, yeah. Has, but anyway, I was like, oh, look at that. It's right there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tattoo parlor. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I want to be in this store. He, he loves old stuff. He talks about the smell of it. And he just, he sets it up as just, you know, many, you could just smell the many leather bound books uh, yes. that's going on. Mahogany. And, mahogany heavy old mahogany you just want to smoke a cigar in there because you can smoke indoors back then and just look at the antiquities (laughs) it's got knives and swords in a in a in a case i just want to be in the store and and you get a sense very quickly that jack likes his life he's this is what he wants to do he's very much into this that's why i think he kind of rejects the the starman stuff um and he's he's already kind of walked through his his life since he left his dad's place. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's in his store and very quickly in his store, he gets the call from his dad. Your, your brother's dead. I like that. We quickly get caught up. We don't have to spend a lot of time in the past here. It's like, wow, he gets the call that his brother David was shot and is dead. And you're like, wow. And the, uh, the, I love the big giant bubble where the dad is and the, and the beautiful drawing by Tony Harris of the, of the just dis- distraught, you know, devastated look on his dad's face. Beautiful yeah. drawing, right? Well, not just his, not just the, you know, his dad's face, but his face too. Yeah. You know, when he, when the word bubble says he's dead, you can see the look, you know, on his face. And then he, uh, it, it's funny because how could you not probably growing up the son of a superhero? Starts yeah. going and going right into it. There's more to this. You know, there's more to this than just some, you know, him getting shot. Oh yeah, like we're you just know, tip of the iceberg, right? Yeah, and the dad's doing everything he can to protect him. Nope, don't don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. You stay safe. You know, keep your eyes open. You just you stay out of this. I'm gonna go take care of this. Yeah, and did you have any pause whatsoever that everyone in this book, including the women, are a sort of uh, variation of uh, Chris Isaac, the singer. <laughs> <laughs> well, There's even yeah, a, it was the 90s. And James Robinson even joke writes to it somewhere. I, I, and I, I hopefully I'll find it. But even Robinson does or, Her- or Tony Harris does. Well, Robinson did the writing. So I think 
maybe that was a joke. I'm totally guessing a joke between James Robinson and Tony Harris. Maybe, maybe one time James Robinson was like, Hey, did you notice that everyone you draw looks like a version, an iteration <laughs> of Chris Isaac? <laughs> and then they made a joke about it somewhere. Right. It was like the, a reference to Chris Isaac. Yeah. I, I didn't re- remember that, that reference there, but I could see that happening. Cause yeah. I mean, everybody's even got the, the kind of the, the tall hair with a little bit of straggles coming down. Yeah, I mean, just the facial features, especially the side profile. It's all Chris Isaac. When they do the dad and and uh, Jack next to each other on the phone about this call, the profile, right, is it's just uh, it's an older Chris Isaac and then Jack yeah. is a younger Chris Isaac. <laughs> Look well, it up, folks. I got to tell, <laughs> tell you what I love about it is just like what they put Jack in, it's like they're bowling shirts. Yeah. He's wearing bowling shirts from the 50s. Yep. And, but they're fun. It's like, huh, this guy wants to be in the 50s. Totally fun. They're rayon bowling shirts with wacky colors from like black and greens and violets. Yeah. They're they're a blast, I agree. It just, it's just yeah. a blast of color and fun. And it it's just a time capsule of the 90s. It's just, it, right? It just bleeds and oozes 90s. Yeah, like I said, it's the 90s that was starting to throw back, you know, it's obviously pre-hipsters and all that kind of stuff, but starting to throw back, looking back to the 50s, people wanted kind of that look, you know, and and the Art Deco, the Art Deco is becoming huge again, you know. Yep. And then page 10, phone calls over, and and then it goes to this like slate gray green as like a solemn feel to it. I loved that. I was like, yes, they, they, they have conveyed exactly what he wanted to convey here this solemn sort of sadness yeah and then i like when you get to the next page on page 11 you know his dad's ready to go to work yeah he puts on a trench coat he puts on a fedora i mean in the 40s that's how you got business done yeah and he's gonna go he looks very solemn he's going out and he's gonna do everything he can to go you know talk to the police see what's you know kind of identify his dead son's body who took over for him as a superhero yeah, and, and that, his old instincts kick in. Yeah, he just he his spider sense tingles right, and that close up of his um, John Lennon glasses with the uh, yeah. the mansion in the background in purple, as then kablooey on page twelve, where his car just the car bomb or no his house explodes in this this yeah. insane ball of fire, and he's whacked in the head with a brick, and I'm like, I love it. It's just one brick. One, <laughs> like we didn't even need to blow the house up. So we could just throw a brick at him, just one brick and knock him out. <laughs> the force of it could have—he could have just hit his car and went unconscious. It would have been fine, but mm-hmm. no, a single nope. brick. And yeah. then, uh, and then, editing note here, bottom of page 12, 12, bottom of page twelve, they immediately go to someone else's face. Well, that was the assassin or the whoever. That's whose face that is. Yes, and but it was a little. Didn't you find it a little jarring? I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, just from how it's laid out in the panels, I guess was a little. Because you know there yeah. was, you didn't see that person set up do anything, and then all of a sudden there's just kind of this face. You're like, oh, but it's pacing. It's moving very fast, right? Yeah, and that's it. I think they're just trying to move fast because they immediately go right back into the speed when you get to the next page. It's like you don't know what's going on with the father, and they're back to Jack in his shop, just kind of doing his thing. With his polka dot bowling shirt with green polka dots and a pink collar. It's pretty awesome. I like the, the turquoise arrows that are running along it as designs. It's like, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. 
you thing know, of beauty. If it's not a real shirt, it should be. It's a fun thing. Oh, yeah. And then we got um, a little taller Chris Isaac that comes in with a little higher receding hairline. <laughs> and, and, the, and the glasses, the sunglasses with those those square nose bridges. You what know, is you that? You can just see him flipping up. I just kept thinking it's, uh, it's the guy from... What was that? Uh, a different world? Dwayne uh-huh. Wayne? Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh, Dwayne Wayne's here. That's yep. great. He's going to pop him up, right? It's got this this elaborate giant that goes into the almost center of his forehead uh, glasses yeah. bridge. And he's wearing sunglasses at night. You know, Again, another version of Chris Isaac. But man, what an image, right? And he's he's professionally dressed. And you got a feeling, hey, this is, who is this guy? It's uh, The timing um, is just ominous. Who is this guy walking into his shop? Yeah. Yeah, I got more of a sense that it was James Woods. And I don't know, maybe it's that bottom left panel. It looks like James Woods. <laughs> okay. Okay, he kind of morphed a little. He's an older Chris Isaac. Yeah. It's just, it kind yeah. of looks like James Woods. I'm with you. James Woods. And I love the tech. But, the, the gun that this guy pulls out, that's like three-barreled it's gun. It's so ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Three-barreled gun that has like tassels that are tied onto something at the bottom of the gun. Well, Did you notice that? He's firing bullets, and then it immediately turns into a flamethrower. So I assume that those were the the um, cables to get the accelerant going through the flamethrower. Oh, good call. I thought it was tassels. I'm going like, was that a 90s thing where guns had tassels on long? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to read. We'll have to read some X Force after this to find out for sure. They will know. But now you're right. It's yeah. um, it's leading to the smallest gas tank you've ever seen in your life somewhere hidden on him. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it's coming from internal. Who knows? <laughs> it's his secre- body secretions. He has some sort of body secretions. <laughs> his know, stomach bile is... goes for it. <laughs> his stomach bile is flammable. He's, but, he's yeah, his I mean, vomit man. <laughs> and you find out right away he was involved in the in um, Jack's brother's uh, murder. You yeah. know, and you know here's. It's interesting to me because it's like Jack goes from being this guy who wants nothing to do with this. All of a sudden, he just springs to action mm-hmm. and just <clears throat> obviously he's getting shot at and the flames yeah. going and he just goes right into it. And he can handle himself because on, on the page 15, as uh, older Chris Isaac uh, assassin that is attacking our Jack, he, he tells him, hey, you've got martial training. And uh, thank goodness he's got martial training. Martial I was like, martial training? training. <laughs> Like what? What in the hell? When did they call it that? Was that? I mean, I, when did they add the arts to martial arts? I always thought it was there. Well, it was, he's I, making a statement. There is no art to it. It's just martial. <laughs> I was thinking, wouldn't that be funny if they like spelled it like Marshall's the store? It's all Marshall training. Right there, <laughs> like, you go. They're talking about Sergeant Marshall training, but I just thought this was funny, and I, I had to think: was that a '90s thing? I, I've, I've been a studier of martial arts for a lot of years. I don't ever remember it just being called martial. Maybe it's a, it's a, it's a homage, a, uh, back to the golden age. Maybe that's what it was called back then. Maybe, you know. But what's funny is it, it leads into he Jack getting shot in the leg and just yeah. like taking a header. Uh huh. And it, it pays off later when he gets to the hospital. He's like, oh yeah, I had a bullet and got dug out. And just walk around all. I was like, no, you just got shot through the leg. <laughs> and there was a lot less red tape back then. Because when he, yeah. when he goes into the hospital, they're like, ah, GSW to the leg. No biggie. Let's get you fixed no real quick. <laughs> but, yeah, but before we get there, you know, very Terminator-esque, you know, 
Jack's running into a back room. The killer's chasing him. He's searching for something. Yeah. And he finally founds what he needs, and it's a belt. The belt of destiny. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the killer gets it. The killer's got it. He's like, oh, I'll take this. It's like, oh, yeah, you have a belt. And then Jack just jumps like does a backflip through the flames. Yeah. yeah. That was, like, that was what? totally, that was very rad. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I felt. He's I was like, like, whoa. See ya. Martial training to do backflips into the fire with a leg that barely works. That's our yeah. guy, Jack. Yeah. But what a great fight, though. Why he was doing, oh, a great fight. A lot of action. And, you know, and he's doing it. He has a purpose behind it. It wasn't just to escape. He's, he has his own cosmic rod, which, you know, there was some, um, I think they mentioned it earlier in the issue that the dad was like, oh, yeah, you got that cosmic rod I left you? Yes. And he's like, yeah. And, you know, so he went, he's getting the cosmic rod because it gives him some, some power and, you know, he's got, he's engulfed in flames. His shop is going up and on page 19, but then that splash page on page 20 of him just shooting out of there. Yeah. Oh, just in time as his, um, as his glorious antique shop just blows up and explodes. He just whips, right? He whips the, the penile rod of destiny and just f- flies out <laughs> with the spearmint gum ad in the background. Like it's, you know, and it's all green. Oh. It's like he's in Emerald city. Right. Yes. Well, and most people, because you know it's supposed to be nighttime. It's what's going on with this. And most people use blues to kind of reflect that. And they used like a green with a blue tint. And it is fantastic because it's just, it just highlights the yellow from the flame, the yellow from the streetlights, and then the big yellow swoosh coming off him and the the rod as he flies out. And yeah, it's you know, it it, it lands on so many levels. Agree. Well described. And I, I got a, on this page, I got a sort of a, like I said, a Wizard of Oz feel. It was just like Emerald City yeah. and the Yellow Brick Road because of the yellow swoosh. And it just uh, was iconic and uh, just beautiful. Everything was a shade yeah. of green. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And then yeah. On, it's, on the next it's a fantastic page. Yeah, totally. Beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, this keeps you going. And and as we're almost to the, towards the end of this uh, issue number zero, the next page, though, changes up black and yellow and kind of an Adams family look and feel with uh, the Isaac uh, brother and sisters. <laughs> the Isaac. Yeah, it goes very, uh, very crypt. Right. You know. If you look at that drawing of the sort of candelabra on the on the on the page fifteen on the, or, or I'm sorry twenty one, um, the top left panel, it, it, I think uh, if you look at that candelabra is like they were experimenting with digital art right there. It, it doesn't. Can you tell? <laughs> It's just floating there. It's like, oh, we, we got too much black space, too much negative on here. We got to add something. Right. Hey, Tom, Tom over in art, he can he can work on a computer. You want to try to do his computer thing? <laughs> We're going to print, but I could put a little graphic art right there with this new Adobe yeah. Photoshop thing, Photoshop One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it it's not the nice part. Is it's not as egregious as some of the other stuff you see from the '90s, where it's just like. All you guys did was turn a filter on in Photoshop, and that's how you get that wave effect. It's like, ugh. So yeah, it's but yeah, it's very <laughs> oddly placed. But it, on the other side, it doesn't bother me because it it does balance that panel out. Yeah, completely. You're right. It was just too much dark. There was this empty spot there, and they're like, let's stick a a, a, a candelabra. It, it kind of works, and it's yellow, and it kind of goes with the tone. So yeah. And I, my favorite part of this was that there's some incestual feelings going on between evil brother and sister Isaacs here, right? 
Yeah, I got a little bit of that, but I also got a protective brother and sister because sure. you know she she's stuttering. She's got some kind of speech impediment, mm-hmm. and she's stuttering. And you can tell that her brother's trying to protect her, but you know, even the guy calling him is you know my children. It's like okay, is this Dracula that's sitting here? He's even got he's already even pouring his own blood out into a goblet to drink. Right. I I, then, I thought we we're going to see Dracula on the next page. Well, it's pretty close. He's pretty, you know, pretty decrepit there. You know, he's just gross and and all like transparent and but except for there's a solid two solid hands and a head. Yeah. And what's with the you green know? the green muck on his face? Like he's got like instead of sort of a uh, sun spots <laughs> um on his face like old man it's like these green bits of paper mache on his face, <laughs> right? I think he's just rotting. I think that's what it is. It's just kind of rotting. Oh, that's, I like to think that. That's cool. But you notice, like, it's this yellow. All I love the splash page of of the mist standing there, old man mist, and these are his two kids, the Isaac uh, twins. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, the, the green muck on his face and the red, uh, you know, goblet of blood just stand out because of all this yellow. Right? Beautiful. Yeah, and I like I said, I just look at it. It's like with this kind of power, you, how could somebody not be dis, you know dispersing since the 1940s? Yeah, it's gonna be just lose, you know being harder and harder to control any kind of solid part of himself. Right. You know, old guys they have problems holding their solids. That's why they make the <laughs> pens, right? Right. All that yellow is his uh, his enlarged prostate is, is really the yeah, issue. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. He's just gassy. That's gassy. What it is. Gassy and uriny. I think. Yeah. Well, speaking of urinating, (laughs) you know, Jack gets to the alleys, which is, it's kind of, you see a little graffiti, which, ooh, that was controversial in the 90s. Oh, yeah. And all that green, it goes back to the Emerald City green and the yellow um, dialogue bubbles are just beautiful greens. But yeah, look at all that on page 23, all that, all that graffiti. It was so so extreme. Did you read it? You know, I'm. I'm your Huckleberry. It's like, okay, come on, really? Uh-huh. You can tell you were a fan of Tombstone, huh? F and War Hippie, you know, is what we're yeah. like. Ween, right? Who remembers the band Ween right. from the '90s? It's like, oh, come on, that's what you were listening to right there. It's a snapshot of the '90s with their the graffiti they they've got, right? Yeah, Ween is written right there. I'm sure, kind of like you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, it's great though, and all the and like the sun's kind of coming up, so the yellow is kind of highlighting there. But yeah, he's back into the into the into the little areas of uh, these small businesses. You know, Stacy's Romance of the Sea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just he's moving through it. Even his dialogue's like, "Look, I gotta get to my dad. Gotta get to my dad. Gotta you know, because the the assassin was telling him how they you know they took the dad out too, and he just knows." The only place that's safe is to get to the dad and they'll figure it out together. He's got to protect him a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, did you notice, uh, this is the end of issue zero, by the way, page 24. Did you get a feeling, I've read James Robinson stuff before and I, I love Tony Harris's art. That They were like, um, I don't know their ages at this point, but I felt like this was uh, definitely in uh, the younger part of their development as a writer and as an artist. And uh, even James Robinson's um, writing style, did you notice it was kind of like, kind of manic, like he'd repeat words and he was really trying to convey, a, you know, a good sense of what this character was. But um, Robinson seemed a little like, 
little schizophrenic in some of this, right? Like a little like very fast and manic. And uh, did you get that sense from James Robinson's yeah. writing here? You know, I I've always and again I don't know their ages either, but I get the sense that they're basically contemporaries to Jack. Jack's probably close to their age during this time. You know, so what like ten years older than we are, and yeah. you know he. Uh, he kind of writing the way he probably felt the way he thinks, you know, cause it's just like, I can relate to this guy, you know, I can relate to being this age. And on the other side, you know, you got to give Jack a listen. He was shot through the leg and just trying to uh, run through an alleyway. So, you know, yeah. I'd be repeating some words too. Yeah. And there's a lot less people, uh, compared to like Gotham and Metropolis and, uh, coast city and so on. Right. Like Opal city is kind of, kind of empty. Like kind of nobody in this town. Like they're all, yeah, they're all quarantining or something, <laughs> which I kind of like. <laughs> yeah, there's so much social distancing happening here. This is it's great. <laughs> yeah, that's no, perfect. Man, well, what a great zero issue, right? This this got me hooked. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Let's let's see where this goes. Some of the dialogue was a little wonky to me, and I was a little lost at points. And everyone looks like Chris Isaac, but I really enjoyed this. I, great pick, man. So far, I was like really enjoying this. Yeah, I think it's, it, you know, it hit my expectations with it. And here we are, November uh, 94, DC Comics, Starman, issue number one. Here we go. Follow along, folks. The covers, by the way, from Tony Harris are all gorgeous in this. They're just, like, painted, right? They look very painted. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tony Harris has such a great art style. You know, I've, I've read some of his others, like his Fantastic Four run, where he was doing a lot of covers on there, and... Yeah, they're they're just they're nice. He yeah. does a great job. Yeah, like Ex Machina comes to mind. That was some of his best stuff art wise for Tony Harris, in my opinion. Yeah, and the exact same team is back. I love that, and I think we get that through all of it. But uh, so now we get some shadowy, shadowy <laughs> gentleman stuff. We're introduced to him, which again, Chris Isaac looking with the top hat. <laughs> well, you know, and this is pre steampunk. Yeah. So you know. You were saying emo, this influenced emo. To me, this more influenced steampunk. Yeah, or even that and uh, and hipster because he is drinking his absinthe and he's got a he's got a <laughs> feather a feather with an inkwell and you know what I mean. There's a I'm sure he has a an, an ivory pipe and he's got an old timey of uh, many leather bound books. He's surrounded by a ton of mahogany and leather bound books, right and. Yeah, and again, he's a white guy with dark hair and looks like Chris Isaac and looks like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I like that you get because you know, I wouldn't have known. I know who the shade is, but at this time, I wouldn't have known who the shade was. They they're doing a, a nice kind of introduction of you know this character again. It's been around since the forties. Yeah, and boy, he's cut right out of the forties. This guy uh, did not uh, modernize in any nineties way. Here, he's. Like I said, he's got the feather and the quill and the top hat. And and I'm like, wow. But I was a little bummed that it's another guy that looks just like everybody else. You know, he's like. The, the... Well, I think that's. <laughs> and we probably don't need to be on it too much. But, you know, that's just Tony Harris's art style. Yeah. As everybody's that very angular, square jawed. You know, there's a lot of black lines with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got a very kinetic art. You know, it's very. It keeps. Even when it's a still page, it keeps the movement going. And I like even what he does here where you get the. You get a panel of the shade, you get a panel that's the the news that's reporting on what's going on, and then you get a panel of the action, which is the robbers going through the town and just, you know, crime. 
They even you know say that, it on page three, crime. Crime. And that, that um, news section felt very Spawn to me. With the, uh, the there's Oh, yeah. Very, very Spawn. There's a ton of uh, news commentary going on. Uh, in this as well as thought dialogue so there was a it was a lot heavier reading than I uh, you know than I've been used to in a little while so that was a little took a little getting used to but the flow of it um, James Robinson's writing style it was it was it, it paced really well it made sense there I, I thought there was a, at times a little too much thinking um, going on inside of somebody's head and it could have left it a little mysterious but he kind of goes over every nugget that's inside the shades head here right yeah <laughs> But again, I think he's trying to establish a shade. The shade is going to be a main character throughout this series. Mm -hmm. And I think he was just trying to establish that right away. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, like you said, he's just got a, a very wordy style, but it's, it's not unnecessary words. Sometimes you get artists and writers that just put a bunch of unnecessary bits in there and his is just information heavy. I give you that. I, I agree. I wonder if, like, what did you say? There was 80 issues? I believe there's 80 issues of this. I'm going to be really interested to see the evolution, especially if the tame, same team stayed together. Uh, just mm -hmm. as far as on a creative standpoint of the comic. I wonder, you know, if it all looks the same and feels the same and is paced the same. And storytelling-wise, uh, from issue one, issue zero to 80. Isn't that going to be kind of neat to see uh, since it was like... You know, we rarely ever get runs of that nature that go 80 issues. I think it's going to be neat to see, don't you think? Oh, I think so. Yeah, in, in fact, uh, just a spoiler to everybody, I'm I'm in. I'm going to finish these 80 issues. You know, All right. Like the, this is kind of a perfect like quarantine thing to go through right now. Nice. Uh, uh, yeah, good glowing recommendation. I'm uh, I'm I'm just about there. I uh, we'll get to a little bit of why the turn hit to me after issue three, but let's keep going. So crime yeah. hits. There's a massive crime wave because uh, the uh, the assassin uh, son of mist, the son of a mist, coin <laughs> 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 the phrase, is wearing a a a, a unocular, a single eye unocular, and just creating havoc all over town with these like Halloween masked characters that look kind of like jack-o'-lanterns. Uh, I love the fact that they just, well, you know what they look like? They look like rag dolls. There you go. And I like the fact that they got the, the raggedy ants, smiley face, and they're just, yeah, they're very simple, but they're, they're kind of menacing. Yeah. yeah. They look like rag dolls to me. Yeah. They got the Jack Skellington black eyes that you can't see anything. So yeah, simple design. I like it, and it, it is very creepy looking. Just black t-shirts and and jeans, where they all have to wear the sort of matching <laughs> jeans and black t-shirt, and even the color of the weird, uh, um, you know, the henchman mask well, is like this weird, um, like blue green, right? Yeah, I mean, when they went to the henchman temp agency, they're like, "Look, we can get you guys in costumes." Or these guys are just wearing their street clothes. Just throw a knapsack over their head and call it good. <laughs> Right, they went with like option one that was thirty dollars, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to option like, you know, twelve, which was like a thousand dollars, they were like, well, let's just take the thirty dollar option. We don't know where yeah. this is going. <laughs> I don't blame them one bit. That's how I would get my henchman. <laughs> and they're led by uh, Chris Isaac, assassin, son of Mist, with the magical belt of destiny, which allows him to fly, which is cool. That's it, right? Just flying, I think. Just flying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which More than I one. got, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we get a little uh, smidge into, back into the layer of, of shade with his mahogany books his, and his, his feather um, pen and, and ink well. 
and you know mahoganyness as he's kind of like this x factor at this point we're guessing we're trying to say is he good is he bad we don't really know yet yeah you don't really know yet but you get a sense that he's not happy with what's going on in his city because he sees it as his city his home yeah and this is where of course a lot less paperwork in the hospital he's got a he's got a leg wound he's got a gunshot wound and they're just he's just walking around a hospital they're like hey we'll take care of you you know yeah he's like no i'm looking for my father don't worry about the blood yeah, no insurance back then. You know, it was just an easy breezy hospital. Yeah. Just like, man, was, was, was you know, this is probably how hospitals were in the 90s. We just completely forgot. <laughs> the bureaucratic you know, mess just, of hospitals life now. Life was just different then. Yeah, it's very different. You go into, a, a, you know, a, with a gunshot wound to a hospital, it's like, let's f- have you figure out, first we're going to call the police, and then we have 12 documents for you to fill out, and you should grab your attorney and have him present. And we're going to cuff you to the bed. You know, it's just a whole thing. But no, he's just kind of walking well, and, around. You know, at that time, we didn't call it gunshot wound. I've just been shot. It's not a gunshot wound. I've just been shot. Or what is it? What are they called? GSRs? GSWs, right? Like GSW. There you go. <laughs> we got acronyms yeah. for it because it's so common now. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, but uh, you know, I like that he actually made it to his dad and it's kind of touching. And the father's trying to check in with him. He's like, oh, yeah, it was just a flesh wound. No big deal. Yeah, just a brick to the head. I'm okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. touching moment uh, there. And here's where a little turn happens that had me a little confused. Because, you know, you got father and son in the hospital. He's got a leg wound, which they quickly healed up. These guys are fast. And uh, <laughs> and then dad's brick to the head. He's, you know, he's... Everybody smokes in the hospital. There's just all the smoking going on in the hospital. Yeah. I thought it was crazy. And then there's all of a sudden these, uh, these uh, blonde... Uh, family that all are wearing sort of different versions of a very, very odd-looking 90s suit. And they're all smoking, too. But who the hell are these guys? I was, like, a little confused well, by these, these O'Dares. The, yes, they're the O'Dares. And I'll tell you, I believe they are a legacy character. Okay. And I, I never looked into it, but I believe they are. I, you know, And they even said that, the, that, you know, Jack's dad, the original Starman, saved their father. And so they have a loyalty to him for saving his dad, you know, and uh, they got a, they got a sense of honor there. They even mentioned that they're the police, you know, they're the police in Opal City, but they are not there in official police capacity. They're there to protect, you know, Jack's father, Starman, and they're going to do that. And so they took a leave of absence. And that's how they're choosing to spend their time. That's pretty cool. It was like it went from very quickly to where I was like, oh my gosh, are these guys, are they bad guys? Are they here to like take them both out? Because they looked a little organized crime, like I said, with the suits yeah. and the, but then they quickly went into, hey, they're, they are there for respect. They're there to pay, yeah. uh, to protect, to add some protection to the star man elder because of him, you know, doing good deeds in the past. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. And then, you know, what I like is like Jack can't quite handle that. And he's just, he keeps, he wants to wants to help he wants to go do something and says like no no you need to run away you need yeah. to get someplace safe and you need to be safe with that and you know i like that he goes out in the hallway and meets the oh dear sister and yeah. <laughs> i know the, why you're laughing the panel, the i know lower left panel yes the zoom <laughs> in crouched down for yeah crouched down for no reason <laughs> oh i thought you were gonna i mean i, I was those i had a 50 percent oh, chance I, is either the giant zoom in of her butt 
<laughs> or the crouching down. It was very '90s crouching down thing. Like, did they? Did we? Did we just do that in the '90s? Crouch down really strangely. Well, that's that's how you look tough, man. You know? <laughs> Don't you remember crisscross doing that? <laughs> that's right. But could I, I mean? Could her jeans be any more '90s? Shot. Could her jeans be any more? They're up to. They're up to. You know, almost her. Almost her nipples, if you will. Like the, they're so yeah. high. They remind me of um of uh the 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 um Mary uh the uh Aunt May in the in the newest Spider Man movies, the the yeah. Marissa Tomei's the jeans they put on her, <laughs> the nineties yeah. jeans they make her wear that are so high and but yeah, the yeah. crouching down, hilarious. The cr- it just it it took all my attention and then it, you know they're they're supposed to be having this serious conversation where she's trying to teach him about why they're there and the honor of it in that, you know, he needs to, he needs to step up and kind of be a man about this stuff. And, um, it, the frames, his face just changes so dramatically on so many things. You know, yeah. first he's looking confused, then he's pondering, then he goes like all anime. Totally. Like he's ready to fight. Yeah. And then he's got like this very weird, like jughead look after that. It's one of the first frames where it, it, it didn't. He didn't look like Chris Isaac. They, he departed yeah. from that, and there was a very cartoony feel. You're right, and they were just having fun right here, right? They're just playing yeah. around with some different looks on his face. Yeah, and it's it's just a weird space for this because they're just they're just you know having a very serious conversation, and he's kind of like on the other side where he's like, "Well, you guys are wasting your time. Well, you know that's stupid. Don't be don't be holding up a legacy from your parents." And you can tell right there he doesn't like the legacy aspect of it. Yeah, no, and that's no. that's what he's fighting. It's the legacy. Yeah, yeah, that definitely, definitely. I love how everything just on the next page. Which now they also I just noticed there are no page numbers on this one. They 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 went away with it. <laughs> there are page numbers on, on issue zero, but uh, no, are we are we on eight? Page numbers on eight. Yeah, there is. Where's the page numbers? Yeah, I don't see it. Right below her earring in the bottom right panel. Little tiny square white box that says eight. Oh, weird. I don't see it on mine. Anyway, huh. but uh, yeah. Uh, the how then? What is it? Page uh, eleven. Okay, I see it now. On page eleven, how it just it all goes yellow, and the ceiling's yellow. Just everything just goes into this crazy yellow. The the penis rod of destiny, of course, gleaming yeah. with yellow, and this and the city's on fire. It's like yeah, crime is out of control. Yeah, and, and it's like it's a perfect time. I love. I love the freaking phone that rings. It's like the weirdest looking thing. It's like, okay, we're making an answer machine, but it's 1940. What's an answer machine would look like to a 1940s phone? It's just so bizarre looking. And, you know, I, I love the old, I, I love the old supervillain. Like, I'm going to tell you my whole plan. and Here's what I'm going to do to you. Right. And, He's monologuing. You know, he's he's monologuing. Yeah. He's doing that typical villain thing. Uh-huh. And you know his his kids are sitting there going, "Jeez, Dad, just shut up! Don't, yeah. Why'd you call him? Don't Come tell on! You tell him the whole plan, Dad. Come on! Yeah. You know he's not giving all the details, but he's like, I'm going to take everything from you to the point where it's like, I want you. You're going to beg me to kill you at the end. It's like, that's right. <laughs> how does that never works? That never works. Never. On Thursday, since the 1940s. He's like on Thursday on the at the 15th of May at 11 o'clock. Yeah. I'm going to take everything away from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's like it, it very much like the the whole Batman thing. He's like, I'm taking your city, and the yeah. city's on fire. Yeah, I love how the skyscrapers just in an instant all were on fire. Yeah, it's like, 
wait a minute, how, that doesn't happen. But you know, it's very dramatic because you get, like you said, you get all these stark yellow uh, colors, and you get it for like what four pages? Yeah, four pages of just like, like the you know ninety foot high flames, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like he looks like he's and, thirty floors up, and the flames are outside the window that high up. It's crazy. Yeah, and, and I love it that you get Jack's dad just begging him, just leave, just go. Go be someplace safe. Yeah. I'll be fine. You take off because I just can't have, you know, and I'll call you when it's safe to return. Just go, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, Jack has his doubts. He's, but, you know, he, he's trying to listen because he doesn't want to be Starman. He doesn't want to be involved in this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you get to the next page and he's got, he's at the bus depot. He's got his stuff. He's got his. You know, was that Jolly Roger shirt he's wearing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, all all bright red with a skull on it, and I'm thinking that is the wrong thing to be wearing. You yeah. know, trying to be incognito here. I know the giant white skull target on his chest. <laughs> yeah, it's even got an X marks a spot. Just shoot here is where you hit my brother. It'll work. And there's tons of uh, of of people listening to the radio that's reporting the news everywhere. There was like giant paragraphs of information talking about the crimes that are going on i had to, i'll be honest I, I skipped some on this page <laughs> i was like that's you know they're like warning warning Dalt's bank here the leading financial institution oh, yeah. in opal city the police appear stomified by the you know i was like okay i'm gonna, I'm gonna move on from that no giant. I, I usually skip those ones like that because it what well, it's not worth it but i kept reading jack's monologue yeah. you know and they're here's where you start mentioning the mom is like they're getting to the museum and they're getting to the wing of her her museum wing yeah and he's like that's her memory and he's like and they killed my brother and they killed my store you know but he's like i'm just a junk dealer i can't do this and he's like but my brother and i and then you get that next page that splash page yeah where he just shoots out from the bus depot with the cosmic rod and just you know yellows and blues and reds and just nails you know the uh the trash bag bandits <laughs> yeah trash bag, raggedy and uh trash band skeleton bandits <laughs> but uh i like that this is the leap into action this is the moment where he chooses to be a hero he's putting it away he's putting it off his family his dad sort of accepts that he isn't going to have this as part of his life and and it takes them to sort of you know destroying so, uh, the memory of his mother for him finally yeah. to like jump in and enough is enough. And I, I absolutely love that in the center of that splash page of uh, page 15, his uh, zipper uh, shoes that have okay. a zipper right down the middle of the, of the shoe. I'm like, Whoa, look at that. He was like, that's, yeah. that's a, an interesting design for uh they didn't want to didn't draw the that. laces. You know, they didn't want to draw laces. Tony Harris is like, I don't want to draw these damn laces. I'll just put a zipper in the middle of his converse. <laughs> At least he had feet. You know, it's better than most of them in the nineties. He had True. feet. True. I even yeah, love the, I, the. I cracked up on his hand stance. Even was good here, right? It was just that that cool yeah. shooting of the ray with the right hand and the sort of martial pose. <laughs> martial pose nope. with the left hand. <laughs> Nobody can look cool carrying this cosmic rod. Right. I don't care what who you are. It's like it's like an orange juicer on a you know on a stick. Juicer, penile juicer, perfect way to describe it. That nailed it. Yeah. You know, if you... And, and I, what, go ahead. Oh, 
was going to say what cracked me up was down by his foot in the window. It was just one little guy peeking out. One, yes. little, one little trash bag guy peeking out like, going, oh, crap, that guy got shot. I am not going out. Yeah, he's just uh, he's uh, just hiding. He's like, uh, you know, I only paid $30 for this outfit. And uh, <laughs> now he's getting blasted by this, this, this penile juicer. I think I'm out. And I love that. He's just yeah. kind of <laughs> he's hanging out there. It's, that's a great, great grab. I don't think I saw that before. That's wonderful. Oh, it's funny because it's just like, oh, ooh, ooh, God, they got Bob. Let's stay in here. I'm not going out there. <laughs> oh man, that's great. And you know what's funny? The the as you the the rod, you know, for my comic book zombie destroyers, I wanted my character to have a, a nunchuck that was a Tesla coil, and that's that's what I've created. And I realized mm-hmm. after looking at this this cosmic rod a lot <laughs> that 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 is kind of. And I never read this. I I picked it out of my own brain. I designed. My zombie destroyer's weapon is a is a nunchuck as a, with... as a penis nunchuck. <laughs> it's the, the juicer. It's a it's a penis juicer. <laughs> oh. But I realized like I never read Star Man before, and I created this thing that looks very similar to that because it has a kind of a Tesla coil top to it, but it's a nunchuck. Anyway, I was well, I was shocked by that. I, I'll tell you, this is the this is the classic Star Rod or whatever it's called from the forties. A little bit of a spoiler in here. Jack gets a different one that is much cooler. All right. Yeah, we so. see that as we go along here. So we're on page six, yeah. 17 now. I, he's using his martial skills. He's fighting the uh, Raggedy Ann's. And, yeah, uh, and he's holding up. He's doing okay. He's doing okay with, with that. And then there's this, this darkness approaching, right? The shadow above his head at the bottom of page yeah. 17. Beautifully drawn. And then eighteen shows the, the he's flying with the belt of destiny, <laughs> and he just hands Jack his ass. It's like yeah. Neo, you uh-huh. know, he's just flying through. He's wearing all black, got the trench coat, and he just blasts him out of the sky. And <laughs> Jack hits the water, drops the rod. Oh, it's gone! It's like, Dang it! What? Even his brother You're David always... had a had a wrist. Um, you know, he had a, a like a it was like at the end layered. of the. Yeah, at the end of the the, the cosmic uh, rod, there was a little wrist um, guard on, and he didn't even have that, and he loses it, gone. You can't <laughs> let this guy play your Wii. He's just gonna throw the controller through your TV. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> he will ruin your TV without. Uh, yeah. And I didn't oh, know that the belt but... could shoot um, the same sort of cosmic power that uh, that comes out of the the penis juicers. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it kind of makes sense. The belt is awesome. Yeah. Like he, yeah. he, he should have not left the belt just in his shop. <laughs> I would have worn it every day. That's right. In case. Why not? And had the rod in my, in my back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, this part just, that part just cracked me up. It's just like, Oh, he's, you know, he's getting away and then he just takes a header. He gets shot. The rod just gets shot. He just takes it and dives. Yeah. You know? And that water uh, that that Jack falls into that is like his saving grace here, wherever this is in Opal City, he's now like permanently irradiated by whatever this. Oh, absolutely! Is in that water? It's like yellow at one point. It's it's lime green and another. He's uh, I I thought there's no way he's living from this. Like that looks like the yeah. most horribly polluted water you're ever going to see in your life. <laughs> yeah, you know it's, but that's what you get in a city, right? Yeah, you know, true. Um, and, and here's you know. Um, the Miss Sun, and I, you know, at some point we got to learn some names on this stuff, but, you know, he's he's pissed off at the thugs because he's the one that shot him down. He's pissed off at the thugs because they let him get away. 
Right. Uh, but this is this is where I really thought he looked like James Woods because I've seen enough movies with James Woods where he's like grabs somebody by the shirt and gets in their <laughs> face, and that's what this looks like. It's a little bit of Nick Nolte too. I mean, uh, you know, a little smidge, the hairline, right? Yeah. And the, and the oh, little, yeah. yeah, I can see the James Woods too. You're right. Yeah, and then he gets like the vampire fly off with the belt and get out, woo, and just <laughs> fly into the moon. Another graphic they kind of added: put the moon in there. It's it's the sun. It, it's a it's daytime. Like, and the moon is, <laughs> or it's a, it's a yeah. faded sun. Actually, I mean, it's just a faded sun because yeah. it's almost. Uh, anyway, they they were Photoshop was a thing. They were like, man, we gotta embrace this technology. Just put these in here. Along with that candelabra, yeah. let's throw in the the sun. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I do like that when they get to the next page, they keep the focal point kind of at the museum. Yeah. But now it's like, you know, Jack's out. Who knows? He's drowned. He dropped the cosmic rod. He's out of it right, right. now. But the shade walks in. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, all right. You know, and it's very Gary uh, Oman in uh, uh, Dracula, Brad Stoker's Dracula with his little square glasses and his top hat. Yeah. And his cane. And uh, well yeah. said. And it just goes all all shades of light blue there. Shades. Get it? He's he's. Yeah. The Except shade. for him, yeah. Page twenty was just beautiful, and and uh, and all those shades of blue for the shade. Oh yeah, and there was yeah, like that, four thousand words there too. Out. On that page though, <laughs> it was four thousand words. <laughs> was so page. much. I was like, oh my lord, that page is so many words. That's like your average nowadays. Your you know twenty twenty comic right there. That's an entire oh, comic yeah. on that one page. <laughs> yeah, you, you know you got your money's worth. You got your dollar twenty five out of this book. That's right. That's right. You did. But yeah. But, but 21, you're right, man. What a crazy looking light purple demon. Yeah. And he just, and he comes out of his jacket. Just like, it's like the coat of his jacket. Like, oh yeah, here's a demon back here that I sit on all day. Like, this, what? I was like, what? And, and he went from a sort of semi-interesting, maybe he's a good guy, bad guy character to he has the power to like bring out this crazy demon in his jacket. Like, what is yeah. this guy? He, he immediately became more interesting and visually appealing to me. The shade. Oh, oh yeah. Very much so. He, you know, he's established, so he's got some power and, you know, at first I was like, okay, maybe it's an illusion, but then you get to the next page and it just chomps the guy and all the sticking out his legs out of his mouth. Yeah, not an illusion whatsoever. Nope. Nope. <laughs> just a couple of legs hanging out. Yeah, and I like they pulled their masks, their Raggedy Ann masks up, like so we could see some faces, and those are very not Chris Isaac looking faces, I must say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it, yeah, it's it's nice because it felt like he was experimenting a little bit, and he had to. They even tried to shoot the thing. It's yeah. like, and you get so you get this bright flash of yellow, and then it's just a big old chomp. Shlop, what was that? Slop. Yeah, is what the demon said. So it's like slurping him in as it bites him, and just two legs hanging out. Yeah, great lettering and great, great yeah. half splash panel there at yeah. the end of uh, page twenty-two. Just beautiful. Yeah, and, and you know, and I, I like you know, you get to the next page, and it's just. You you still don't know is the the shade of hero the villain he's monologuing again a lot of words he's yeah. kind of going over what's going on and you're like okay where is this going and um you know he's kind of just talking and he, from the and he, the one thug is still alive he's just cowering there because it's yeah. like okay and then he's just like I'm gonna take this I think I'll take this with me yeah and you don't know what it is. I think they, if you think back to the comics in this time in, in the 90s, right, 94, a lot of character design, the, the character was good or evil just based on their powers yeah. back then. 
there wasn't a lot of like, well, if you had the ability to control demons and so on, you're like sort of typecast as a as a as a villain, right? But right. I, I like the I like what they're playing with this. He has very villainous like powers, but he he destroys uh, two of the uh, the henchmen here. So you're like, what? And yes, man, is he ever monologuing? Right? My goodness. Oh yeah, he's he's monologuing. But then it's just like, I'll take this and exit stage left, <laughs> and he's gone. Yeah, he's gone, and we go right over to this disgusting swamp. This 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 you know well, nuclear waste swamp. The fact that you get this whole page has six panels, and I would say three quarters of it is all black. Yeah, and then you just get just little. There's a whole page with two small word bubbles with it. Yeah, they took a break on that page. They're like, let's just take a break. Yeah. <laughs> just take let's <laughs> page twenty four is going to be just at the bottom a little color, and that's it. And no yeah. words. They, I think they knew from page 22 or 21, whatever it was, with all that dialogue, they're like, let's give our readers a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you get then you get to the next page, and it's Jack out of the water. Here's some graffiti again. Did you read in this graffiti here? Yeah. <laughs> it, it took me right back. Powdered Toast Man, a That's... little picture of Ren from Ren and Stimpy. Yep, Ren and Stimpy. I love that Powdered Toast Man reference. It made me giggle. I'm watching Ren and, re-watching Ren and Stimpy right now. I'm not right now, but nice. um, in in quarantine and enjoying the heck out of it. And yeah, Mr. Claw was here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then see another ragdoll. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, I bet you that they're foreshadowing because there is a villain called the ragdoll that was around in the 40s. Yes. And I, I don't remember. know if he shows up in this run or not. But Maybe. They, all, it, every, well, I mean, we're on what, like issue two? So the first three issues, there was a ragdoll in each one. Oh well, well, you know what? The henchmen seem very uh, apropos, very fitting. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. a ragdoll appearance, so maybe uh, yeah. we're foreshadowing something here. Yeah. You so, know, um, but I do like that Jack gets up and it's like you know, a lesser man would run, and nope, he's like, I'm going back. Yeah. It's like he, I got to take care of it. Yes, and it, I thought for a sec because his hair went red. I was like, "Has he been irradiated? Is this swamp, uh, <laughs> this nuclear waste that's in this water, has something changed him? You know, is he mutating? Because he's got red hair." But no, it's just kind yeah. of a. There's no explanation for it because it's a, like a clear, sunny day. But um, maybe his hair was red. We don't know. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, Tony Harris was but, having fun. <laughs> yeah, I do like the next part. This is his. Uh... And this was a thing. This this is him pulling his superhero costume together. Oh, I need a jacket. Oh, it's got a star on it. That's close enough. Oh, I'll put a Marshall star on my chest. Yes. Yeah, so here we are. Issue number two. And it's December of 95. So there was a break, I believe. A little bit of a yeah, break. Yeah, probably. Because I swear the last one was October of 94. So, but remember, some of those dates were always off when we were back, back when we were reading, remember? It was like yeah, they put those dates it, there for tax purposes or something, but they were never always 100% accurate. Well, and sometimes they counted annuals in there and other things. So, yeah, you know, and there was always like a, a winter special or, you know, weird shipping because of Christmas. So, yeah. Yeah. But a beautiful cover of issue number two. I just, I, I loved it. It's just uh, so clean and painted and you get the shade there where they, where I like that Tony Harris pays a little attention here to make the, the shade look not like Chris Isaac and a little different at the purple shades. And you got Jack that looks very different too, as far as even just their, their physicality. And yeah. so, uh, and then you see the, uh, the new, uh, rod of destiny. It's a staff. Yeah. 
it's it's a staff. It's a cool staff too. You know, the fact that they had a little little hook to it. You know, I think that's pretty neat. Yeah, it's got some sort of like Tron LED lights in there too that are red and lime green. Yeah. To give it that little, it's a bit of technology, but great cover to issue number two. I was like, fantastic. Well, and, and again, it's got that Art Deco feel when yeah. you look at it, you know that very Art Deco feel for the the rod design, you know, yeah. which is neat. But yeah, you uh, you said it, uh, putting the the suit together and and randomly finding a jacket with some crazy weird symbols and a star on it. <laughs> it's just so nicely yeah. convenient. <laughs> Um, the the effect of light I noticed changed in the, on the first page of issue two. Do you notice that a little again a little photoshopping graphic element that's added to kind of give that little bit of flashlight? Um, yeah, I was like, oh, that, you know, they're embracing that's it. Cutting edge, yeah, cutting edge technology there. Right, we were probably um, blown away back then. We're like, whoa, look at that! It's like digital. <laughs> and you know, you get down, you get, now you get to the next page, which is the the, the splash page. Pay attention to a shirt. What's on his shirt? Yeah, it's Ragdoll. Ragdoll. It's like, oh, I, I, now I want to know what's up with the Ragdoll. I'm and I love, sure somebody has asked. And I love the room, right? It's got Mickey Mouse. It's got the mummy. It's just, uh, we're at his house, right? This is his well, first time we get to see his actual house. Yeah. His apartment. Yeah, and, and he's got like a batarang and Mickey Mouse on there and a deck of cards. And the only thing he says is like, I'm not a star man. Yeah, and I love it says pick up comics at the swap meet. There's a note to himself. Yeah, you see what he's reading, Dante's Inferno. Yeah, it's like he's you know going to the descent of hell. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah I like it all uh, here. Yeah, all very good, and uh, you know you get to the next one and it's still it's just him kind of setting up and that circular shot, a circular panel with him putting the goggles on. Yeah. It's like yeah, that's pretty cool. The steampunky World War II anti-flare goggles. Like, just seems yeah. so fitting and perfect for a guy carrying a very glowy rod, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the first thing I thought of was like, huh, well, his periphery's got to be pretty bad with those. Because if I remember correctly, those kind of goggles were flat glass. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It's like, <laughs> you're not going to see anybody coming on your left or your right, buddy. So, I'm not sure how well this is going to work for you. Starman goes down with someone in his peripheral. <laughs> right? And that's how they, they, they get the Starman eventually. Peripheral. Yeah. But I do like you get the guy that's you know watching him under surveillance and stuff. And it's like, yeah, because he went back to his apartment to get his stuff and he knew it was a risk. Yep. Yeah, he knew they'd be watching him. And they yeah. quickly go over to a mist page, which is this glorious, you're just bathing in yellow here. Oh. Yeah, it just feels so disgusting. I just get this sense of old man smell but even worse like mixed with like ammonia or something urine like it's urine yeah i was trying to be nice about it but yeah like a urine smell you're like oh man and you almost get the sense when you're looking that because he's talking to the shade that like the shade's like hmm i don't really want to smell this i don't really want to i want to be here yeah and they evolved the shade a little here to go with the cover like you can tell his face sort of changed yeah. And I already see the evolution of uh, departing from the Chris Isaac look. And yeah. and the Shade is an interesting character that I'm all in for and excited to see now. And the Mist is like even a little different as, as far as he's just like this pale, insane white. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's just Mist. There's a lot of him that's just Mist. But yeah. I do like it feels like now it's like a supervillain team up, which is yeah. kind of wasn't what I was expecting. 
Yeah, we're definitely, and this is where the shade, uh, uh, you know, joins uh, the mist, uh, tells him why he wants to uh, take out Starman, and the shade uh, agrees to help the mist. But he's also has his own agenda. You know, uh-huh. he's not just wholeheartedly agreeing, like, yeah, I'm going to be one of your henchmen. Mm-hmm. But I also like that you get this sense from the mist that he has, like, some dementia. He can't remember everything. Like, remember when we did this? And he's like, no, no, that was this guy. Yeah. Oh, well, we did this. No, no. That was this guy, and it, it just I I like that. It's like this is an old man who this is his last hurrah. This is his chance to finally get his heart. This is the Joker finally at the edge of his life trying to kill Batman. Yeah, you know, it, and that and that's what. And they're both retired. They're both old. They have you know they have nothing to do with this anymore. And he's just trying to take him out before he goes. Yeah, I'm, and that makes a whole lot of sense to what's happening at the end of this arc, at the end of issue three. So it's a great setup here, as yeah. to the physical condition of uh, of of the mist here. So yeah, well well pointed out. And then uh, page seven, uh, he's uh, we got our our Jack Starman just fist cuffing with a, a raggedy Ann, you know, guy <laughs> on the across edge of a... the rooftops. Right, like you just murdered two guys. You just punched two guys off of a roof. The most elaborate designed roofing you've ever seen in your life, right? There's no building that is that is designed the same, and they're they're it's they're fighting across. It reminds me of the movie The Crow when they're fighting on top of a, or Beauty yeah. and the Beast. They're fighting across these crazily designed rooftops with these yeah, like and he's just leaping from one to one. It's like when did he learn parkour? <laughs> right, this is before parkour was a thing. Yeah. He's, he's dodging bullets. There's little rag guys around every corner. He's just like elbow to the face, taking yeah. them down. Yeah. I mean, the action's great. It's very kinetic. He, you know, he even throws in his, his martial skills there, <laughs> his martial training. Right. And just, you know, <laughs> grabs the guy's fist, dodges another one, gives him a kick. And he's just like, yeah, I can do this. You know, and then rooftop to rooftop. Yeah, it's just all, it's just fun. Also in the in the, in the absolute middle beautiful sunlit day so you can just see everything so clearly and he's i think it's all nighttime man you think, think so this is all yes <laughs> this is all this is all early this is twilight like an early evening <laughs> yeah this is all like nighttime i think this has all been one day so far well they color it for the heck of it sometimes very bright so they just they yeah they, you just have to imagine some weird lights and lamps up there on these insanely designed roofs <laughs> yeah wait you know i, I love it he just he booking it right along he's doing you know doing the work and then it's just like behind the chimney a woman grabs him yeah and then just... holds a gun to him and she's doing like the michael jordan thing her mouth's open tongues out it's like what what <laughs> what is this look and she throat clotheslines him too just yeah yeah you're right she's got the, it's got that top angle where you know the, we're looking up at her you're right and the mouth's open and the guns you know facing downwards yeah it's very we've seen it a lot that that angle yeah, and I just noticed that if you flip between the, this page and the next page, there's a panel right in the middle, and it looks like they literally used the same drawing. Yes. But now no, they, they just zoomed in. I didn't notice that before. For sure. They most definitely did. I, I caught that as well. And she's she's building up to be an interesting character. The yeah. sister here, she's got, she has a stutter. And uh, again, there's some incestual feelings, I, I, I conversations with her brother. But um, they have a moment here where she spares him. I thought, wow. Yeah, it's like she's not, maybe she's not as bad as she seems. Maybe she doesn't believe in her father's quest. Maybe she doesn't believe in her brother. You know, I think 
the brothers whole heart they're these children trying to live up to their father's legacy and do what he wants them to do and i think she has a doubt there yeah for sure and so she she allows him to uh live which you're like oh that's gonna you know that's gonna slap her back in the face oh yeah that will 100 percent. and you know the way she's drawn there isn't that very 90s-esque there used to be like t-shirts i believe they said obey on them and it had a woman standing there when she has that the middle of page no. um you know what i'm talking about i don't think the, it was oh yeah it wasn't obey that it was death it was there you go. death from um sandman okay and that's yeah that and that was all during the same time yeah it was a page 11 that that middle panel where she has the gun and she's pointing it to her own forehead sort of and uh <laughs> gun safety not a thing her finger is on the yeah. trigger um <laughs> but it just had this feeling of like shirts from the 90s where there was like a repeating pattern of a woman i don't think it was death in my mind but it's those shirts we saw back then do you remember yeah like these women yeah, with I, the weird hairdo and they repeated them there's like three women that i don't know that i don't remember i just gonna, remember the death shirt that does look like death though too from sandman but um yeah. I love the next page. I love page 12 because of its diversity of color. It's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you say it's supposed to be well, at night, but you you might be right. Everything might be night, but it's so brightly lit and everything's so beautifully colored here. It's a rainbow of colors on page well, 12. Hey, come on. Who's walking to a fortune teller at 9 a.m.? You know? <laughs> Good point. Good point. Yeah. And I love the door handle. Such This had to have taken Tony Harris a, a long time to draw. It's like this weird koi fish door handle their elaborate drawing ornately gold yeah. right yeah and you could tell this this is the type of place that jack would look for yeah this you know he would look for that ornate i want to go in there i'm just looking for something that seems safe um, yes yeah and you know like, I, I like that he just he walks in this place it's like a full garden inside i got a poison yeah. ivy feeling right from here i was like are we about to see poison ivy like it's all these plants and you're like but wait a minute no that's what am i thinking but yeah this 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 woman this jeweled woman steps out in this yeah. uh fortune teller parlor right the strangest yeah. looking fortune teller parlor you ever see in your life there's like you know right it's like you're stepping no, no, into she's some got a crystal ball she's got a wicker chair what else do you need yeah it's just weird there's like the where are the tables and the chairs and it's just all it, it definitely doesn't look like he's walking into a of any any kind of fortune teller place I've ever seen, right? It's just yeah, you're you're walking into a sorcerer's lair is what it feels like. Yeah, and I, I like that they they get to it. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you just appeared in this neighborhood, and I like that she's like, just because you didn't notice doesn't mean I just appeared in the neighborhood. <laughs> right. So it's like, is that true, or she just put you know, just she just messing with them? Uh, but this is this is all very dialogue heavy. You can't. Holy mackerel. Yeah. Yeah, paragraphs, like pages. paragraphs yeah. and paragraphs and paragraphs of information. Did you kind of but, skim these, these, uh, issue number two pages, 14, 15, 16? No, I didn't skim them. I read all of them. I couldn't tell you what they say other than, <laughs> you know, like he's like, not, he's like challenging her. Tell me, tell me my fortune. Tell me what's going to happen here. And then you get that glorious greenish yellow splash page where she's just like, it's like power incarnate just comes up and yes, you know, you know, it's all foreshadowing. I, none of it really means I, I know some of it means what it means, but you know, she's basically and this. I think this was a novel idea. It happens. It's happened more about 10 years ago where they basically outline where they want the run of this comic to go. Yeah. 
and you see Starman in in space. You see a circus freak sign. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see this demon thing. It's right. like, okay, you see a hawk. Well, for me, every time I see like a hawk in DC, that means Hawkman. That means something to do with that. So, yeah, uh, I thought this, I, I thought the artwork here was just awesome. The the pink and the purple of like her clothes framed against the, the greenish yellow background and everything just popped right out. Agree. I agree. And it's amazing that her, that also something doesn't pop right out on her. Like their shirt is just barely holding, (laughs) (laughs) holding her bosoms back. It's like, how do the, did they have double-sided tape then back in the nineties? I don't think they did. It's just, no, they did. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I agree completely. I think we, we got a little glimpse, like you said, into what's going to happen between issue number two, where we are now in 80. Can you believe that? 80? Yeah. But uh, page 17, dad's still in the hospital, but looking a lot better. Looking a lot better, which, again, it's like this has been one night. Yeah. And the fact that Jack somehow, it's been so exciting him getting out of his apartment, making it to the fortune teller, he gets a fortune, and then immediately cut to him being in the hospital and being, like, frustrated with his dad. <laughs> yeah, some of the cuts were very quickly. That's what that feels like, a little bit of that manicness, right? Some of the pages yeah. were just like really no ramp up lead up him walking anywhere. It's just like, boom, he's there. Like almost like he teleports, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, yeah, a testament they, to pacing, but at the same time, it felt a little manic at times. Yeah. And I just figured he, he probably felt that he was getting very dialogue heavy, which he still is. Holy man. It's like, okay, I got to move this. I got to move this page along, but he's cramming all this info in here. Cause Jack's like, look, I need another rod. And his dad's like, well, I don't have one. Well, Wait a minute! There is one, you know. Mm-hmm. Here, here's, here. You go to my secret warehouse, and this is where it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, here's here's the address, son. They sure have a lot of places and storage places and things that are stored in in businesses and right. They've they're definitely well off, and real estate is really cheap. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I think you look, would look at this as an analogy to if. They had aged Batman, and where Bruce Wayne would have been at. Yeah, sure. You know, the, the, this guy would. This one guy was their superhero for this city. He was their biggest celebrity that was there. So of course he has all this stuff, and he's been there since the '40s. So he's had 50 years to kind of build this town up and put all his secrets around. So that way, it's like when he gets attacked, he can do whatever he needs to do. That's cool. It's a great way to pay homage to a Golden Age character. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So dad's still monologuing and uh, <laughs> um, Shade and um, Mist are, are powwowing again, having Sherry's. Yeah, they're finishing up their conversation. And you definitely get the sense that the Shade is, you don't know what side he's on, but mm-hmm. you can tell he's not 100% behind the Mist agenda. Yep. Still playing the middle somewhere there for the Shade. Yeah. And page 19 of issue number two was a screen capture for me. A beautiful sort of um, old Starman's original Golden Age layer. Which, why is there just a pit of mannequins? <laughs> I get the robot, I get the weird duck, I get the weird clown, the biplane, the giant scissors, okay. But a pit of mannequins? Right, what kind of weirdness is going on? But I thought, I was weirded out too by these giant, horrific looking scissors these 12 foot high scissors yeah. that are used to, yeah. it's like a guillotine that's, that's back there. 
<laughs> yeah, and why is he walking across a moat bridge? You right. Know, why does this bridge look like it's a, a drawbridge there? And, and I love that the dad had enough stuff that he had to number every one of the baits. Like, oh, we got to find number 17. Yeah. What? Really? But, yeah. uh, he, yeah, you get to the next page. And, and I, I realize this was a, you know, a double splash page. Yeah, beautiful but, double you know, splash. You get page the little 19. dinosaur, the little, the little T-Rex like, peeking out like the Batman one. Right. But you get the Cyclops that looks so Ray Harryhausen. Oh, totally. And it's like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, that that looks almost like a direct uh, Im- image rendering of the yeah. of the Cyclops there. It's just so beautifully placed, and you don't know how big it is because of the forced perspective there, right? Again, because yeah. everything has some crazy shapes and sizes. Like the robot at the front door is ten feet yeah. tall. Like I I spent a lot of time just looking at this page nineteen on issue two. This layer, I just sat here and looked at it. Yeah, and you know I could tell. It... Probably again, not knowing the exact age of uh, Tony Harris, but he was probably a kid who grew up watching 50 sci-fi. So he drew that type of robot. He grew up on Ray Harryhausen, so he drew that Cyclops. You can tell that this was his opportunity to pull the things that he loved as a kid, which is kind of what he's reflecting in Jack. You know, Jack loved all these things, and, and just kind of keeping his collection going. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think. Uh... I think James James uh, Robinson and Tony Harris both, uh, you know, were this was a, a like a, a just a they poured their love into this giant splash page. I think. Yeah. And the next yeah. page, page uh, yeah, but, page you know, twenty, great. changes gears right and goes back into these yep. beautiful contrasts of red and yellow, where we get his staff of destiny. <laughs> yeah, this one looks a little bit better. It still has the weird orange juicer on the tip. <laughs> the penis yeah, it's like, tip. It's like a, yeah, it's like a clarinet with an orange juicer on it now. <laughs> there you go. That's a good way to... Or, uh, not a clarinet, <clears throat> an oboe. Yeah, or a, an oversized flute even. Yeah. Yeah, we can, uh, all those work. <laughs> a jazz flute. Jazz you know, maybe flute. Maybe he's the original Ron Burgundy. Here you go. It's even a smidge of like Ray's staff from Star Wars. Like even that is a little bit of that. Star what? Sorry, I, I'm not familiar with that property. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so page 21, now that the rod has been sculpted, the shaft and the rod and the penis tip is all good to go. <laughs> good to go. <laughs> um, someone's peering in the window at Dad in the hospital. No, he's not peering in the window. Oh, it's his reflection, it's the- sorry. Yes, yeah, the reflection. It's the cop standing over him, watching guard. Right, always just smoking. He just he yeah. feels that's his favorite place to smoke is the hospital. He likes. And to... I'm hoping there's oxygen around too, because that's the, <laughs> you know that's the best way to make sure that fire doesn't happen. <laughs> Open flame around pure oxygen. Yep, yep. Nothing wrong with that. Back yeah. then, oxygen wasn't as flammable. I guess maybe it's yeah. Over the years, it's become more flammable. And then, boom, the shade. Man, it's like, it's just like the darkness. Remember the darkness? Yeah. How cool is that shade effect? The little gremlin faces in there. Yeah. It felt like the darkness all over the place, right? The little goblins. Yeah, and it feels flat. It doesn't feel like Venom. You look at Venom, it always feels very gooey. This feels like it's flat and it, but... At the same turn, it's it's this flat that can kind of encase you and just pull you in. It's and got like a like does. a ripped cloth feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and he, I love that he's just kind of like 
He's leaving the Odairs alone. He hand, mm-hmm. you know, handed them their asses with no problem. Right. And he's taking the Elder Star Man with him. And he's just done. See ya. And there's yeah. like nothing they can do. And I love that fade into the shade. It just goes this blue into black and then he's just kind of gone. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And then, you know, next you get into the page where it's like Jack finds out what happens, you know. Yeah. And you see the Odairs and the, yeah, they got beat up. Uh-huh. And just the mist talking to Jack, being like, "Yep, I got your dad. You come meet me, otherwise I'm gonna kill him." And and Jack immediately says, "I'll do whatever you want." Like, I, it, it's a testament of his love for his dad here, right? It yeah. wasn't trying to negotiate, trying to be pretty, trying to be cute, doing anything like uh, calling the law enforcement. He was just like, "Look, name it what you want. I don't care. I just want my dad to live." Like, yeah, you get that feeling of love and and desperation i really like that yeah and i get that he's he's gonna embrace his his destiny he's gonna be the hero he's saying what do you want but then he turns the star rod on it's like okay i'm not going down without a fight i'll hey sure i'll listen to you i'll do whatever you want but now i'm gonna do it in my way too right i I love that he's just springing into action lighting up the uh the juicer tip of his of his shafty coil of destiny And and they get you pumped because the bottom of the uh, page uh, twenty four of issue number two to be concluded. Yes. So here we go. We're rounding third of this arc, which is issue number three of uh, Starman. If you're following along, we're about to about to break into the first page of that. And uh, once again, the covers they are all so solid here. This one, yeah. uh, the, the just Tony Harris in his prime, in the sweet spot, right? Well, and he, he takes that the background, that flat Art Deco look, very geometric, puts the bright colors in it, very flat, and then just puts a beat-up jack with the, the mist sun with all, which it's like, okay, he did, when did he get lightning powers? Right. You know? Yeah, but he, he puts it in there. It looks great, you know? Right. The symmetry of it, the, the stained glass effect with that Art Deco looks almost stained glass in the background. Yeah. It's just beautiful, and the torn, uh, the torn tank top of of Jack standing there with his the rod of destiny. It's, it and the weird symbols, which we never really kind of, uh, just just from randomly from his jacket, but, but I like that he throws in some interesting looking symbols all over the place. Yeah, you know that's that was the nineties. Well, yeah. you know, in that the nineties, remember that there's that whole flirt of like wicca and all that kind of stuff that sure. was there so you, you sure. go through the mall and the hot topic and you were kind of like is this kid a goth is this kid like some wiccan thing you know you just didn't know yeah and that's all it is you're right you're right and uh the smoking odairs are there just just chimneying it up um on the <laughs> page three yeah. of uh, issue number three and, oh, and i love the classic beat cop oh yeah like, i just want to call him like chief o'hare yeah Totally. Definitely a 40s policeman, right? Yeah. Yes. It's back to that Batman animated series. You know, very classic throwback. And I love where this next sequence goes about it's not painting a pretty picture, the relationship between Jack and David. You know, it's it's, you know, David's the prime son. Jack's the, you know, the young son that he, he's got like a destiny. The older son, David, of being star man, it's just there. And he kind of doesn't care that much about Jack. There's some foreshadowing of his uh, even his goggles. Right. Yep. And there's a turn yeah. from where 
he's thinking of this of the, this moment in the past where it would be David that's um, really kind of saying that there's something about their dad, right? But it it ends yeah, up he see. rethinks it and he's like, no, that was me that I'm gonna be just like. That's what it was. He thought that David said, I'm gonna be just like my dad, but no, it was Jack that said that I'm gonna be just like my dad in this flashback. Yeah, he's looking at through an old Viewmaster. He's seeing, you know, those in the Viewmaster pictures of his dad, and he's he's idolizing him. Yeah, you know? it's nice. Yeah, and, but you know, it, you can tell that a turn happened where he fought that destiny. Yeah, he fought it because he just didn't want to do it. And maybe but, he's looking. Know, now, maybe he's looking back too, thinking like, maybe I was supposed to do this. There were a lot of signs leading me to it. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know. I love him putting the goggles on and then it's like he's ready to get to business. But then yeah. you get the twins or I can't even call them twins, the brother and sister. <laughs> right. And and she, he is very supportive. He's very loving to his sister and she seems very frail. Um, but, she, you know, they're, they're painting her a little bit frail here. But, you know, uh, coming up soon, she's not as frail. But, um, yeah. but they have kind of a sweet conversation here. Yeah, and, and I like that. He's like, he's going off the war. He's going to meet because the agreement was for Jack to come meet the Miss Sun in, in epic battle. And it's like he gives his sister the sunglasses. Yeah. His, his weird Dwayne Wayne sunglasses. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Just hands them down. You, you know it's foreshadowing. It's just, you know, yeah. it's, it's the gauntlet being passed. And yeah. so we're about to have uh, this epic showdown in the skies. I, I like how they go through before that the Odeers are like, aren't you going to put your jacket on for, for uh, Jack? And he's like, no, no, I don't want to get it ruined. It's going to be pretty good. It's like, what? Yeah, you're right. Wouldn't you want a little extra protection in there? Wear another jacket at least so you get a little, you know. But no, no, I don't want to get it ruined. So I'm going to go in a wife beater and a uh, an open shirt. What was that? My In my mind, I was just thinking they're trying to um, go against the system. Right, James yes. Robinson here. He's just like, nah, I'm not gonna do that tropey thing, where he puts on his iconic jacket. I'm just gonna have him wear an undershirt. Screw it. Yeah, forget he, it. He's just he's gonna go into a fight. He doesn't want to get it ruined. Somebody might want the jacket if he dies. <laughs> I th- I even thought like how kind of refreshing and nice it was. Like, you know, uh, James Robinson made Jack maybe a little OCD. You know, a little um, a, you know, he yeah. didn't doesn't want to get his jacket dirty. You know, doesn't want to. Yeah. Like that's just odd. He's going in to fight. Could very well die. He's not going to put a little extra protection on because he doesn't want to get his jacket dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, then you get to the title page. Did oh, yeah. you notice that you know that the name of this one is um, Night Flight? Yes. But did you see the parentheses around the L? Right. You know, because I I would read it Night Light because uh-huh. I didn't notice the F at first. Right. And it's like, oh, that that's pretty cool. That's pretty fun that they're. They're showing that, you know, he's going to try to light up the night. He's going to become this beacon for people. Right. That's an interesting little way to lay it out there. That you yeah. could say it goes a few different ways. It's the F light. It's flight, right? Or it's, yeah, you can, it breaks the sort of the title up a little to make you think it could go a few different ways. Yeah. You know, and all I can think of when he's got this cosmic rod is like, you know how hard that would be? That would be just like to hold this thing and fly with it. You know, he's not putting his feet on anything. <laughs> And he's always like parallel to it. And it's just like, <laughs> it'd be like trying to, you know, <laughs> hold on to the side of a car. This, like, is where you, <laughs> this is where you crack me up when you, when you start adding 
<laughs> I love when you do this. Don't ever stop. You start adding like real life physics to things. Like you're trying into a comic book. Yeah. That, this is none of this makes any sense in so many ways. But you're always like, oh, you'd always you always add some realism there. How could he hold on to this rod and fly around? It'd be impossible. Well, <laughs> where I start thinking about it is the next part where they're fighting in the clouds. And it's like, yeah, you know, the Miss Sun, he's got the belt. Okay. But still, I feel like that belt would tear you in half. Right. You know, yeah. your, up, your, your top half would constantly be feeling like that belt's trying to push up through your shoulders. Right. And the bottom half would just be like dangling there. His spine would be severed from one turn. Yeah. He would, they would, yeah, you can't, we, we have to stop. We can't think about it that way. We have to, well, we have to. And, and I'll tell you, um, later on in um, a different comic run, at one point, a, um, um, a, a star girl gets a hold of the, Jack's cosmic rod, and you know she's a little teenage girl. She puts her feet on it. She uses it like a po- and it's like that made sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's you're, she's she's like the Silver Surfer. She's skating on a on a rod. It you know makes a little more sense than trying to hold on to it. Well, she even just kind of hooks her foot on the side of it, you know, yeah, kind of wraps yeah. her ankle around it. So at least it's taking some of the weight off of it. But yeah, there you go. No, and he, he's doing these weird karate moves. And I'm like, OK, dude, you lost the other cosmic rod just by trying to fly. and He fell into the water. You think this thing's going to be any better for you? He made some some uh, he got some double sided tape from the uh, strange woman, uh, the fortune teller lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I'm trying to figure out what his plan here is, because it, the action's great. And I don't mean to kind of like. Yeah, marginalize it, but the action's great in here. But it's like, how are you gonna knock this guy out of the belt? Oh, he goes into this belt. fight. He goes into this fight without thinking at all. He just, oh yeah, <laughs> he just goes all, right all up that, into the clouds. All that guy has to do is like wait till his hands get sweaty, and the cosmic rod's gonna slip right out. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's not even wearing gloves. But I think that what I what what grasped me and grounded me to the reality of this fight was it was uh, sins of the father. I I, I just yeah. you know this is this is a. a Two enemies, their sons, they're fighting for their dads, you know? Yeah. yeah. These guys are not enemies. They're enemies by proximity. Right. But I thought, yeah. you know what? The, think about how visceral fights are when you're protecting someone that you love or you're fighting for someone yeah. that you care about. And and I think they did a good job of, of displaying that, that this is a visceral, you know, mean fight here. Nothing pretty about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's not pretty. But I love that you feel like Jack's getting the upper hand. Yeah, you got a couple pages of him just really kicking his ass, and then, he, <laughs> then uh, the Miss Sun just turns like, "Oh, you thought you thought you uh, that was nice. That was good. You, you probably think pretty highly of yourself right now." He just blasts <laughs> him with the belt. And it's like all of a sudden he's like in the sky dives, like, "Uh huh." Yeah, why not start yeah. with that bad guy? You know, just uh, yeah. dancing around in the sky for a long time. You know, begin with a giant laser blast from your belt. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and here's your reference, and I guess I didn't pick up on it before. Is you know, after he gets blasted, he kind of falls to the clouds. He's like, Jack comes shooting back up and makes his joke about, you know, you know uh, of oh, course, yeah. compared to you, I'm, you know, cool, no way. Of course, compared to you, I'm Chris Isaac. Boom. And I'm thinking, <laughs> man, nobody had ever said, when Chris Isaac did that one music video where he's on the beach. Is it that's the only game. time anybody... Exactly. <laughs> Wicked Games. Wasn't it Wicked Games? Wicked Games. Time... Remember? <laughs> only time, and that came out about this time, only time in his career somebody's like, Chris Isaac's cool. Right. That, that, and beyond that, it's like, no. And that must have just hit at this time. It had to be an inside joke between James Robinson, the writer, and 
yeah. Tony Harris, the the artist. It had to be. I, yeah. Here's what happened. Chris, Chris James Robinson came to him one day and just said, like I said, dude, all your guys in your comic look like Chris Isaac. And then he was like, shut up. No, they don't. And then he wrote it in. He's like, oh, I'm going to yeah. even put in a Chris Isaac reference. That's uh, yeah. yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah, but you know, and then you get a cut, and it's like the O'Dares, which now the now the sister that he's drawn her three different ways. Now yeah. she's like blonde hair, you know, and they're just like they're like hanging out, like hey, we should be doing something. Well, like what? Why are we? Why are we looking at them? Right? Like why? Why are yeah. we? This is one of those moments where it cuts to a scene that made no sense. Like we didn't need to be here. Well, at first, and then you get to the last panels, and it's the mist. Or not the mist. Sorry, not the mist. Shade. The shade. Yeah. Shows up, and this is where you get the turn. Right, page 10. This is, yeah, Issue and three. it's like, look, I could have killed you. I'm not the bad villain here, guys. Right. I told the mist I'd get Starman. I got him. But uh, let me tell you where his secret lair is. Right. And yeah. so he commits. Right. He's finally like, he's just like an agent of chaos. He, he wanted to help yeah. the mist for a while, but now he's just giving up the... The missed location, yeah, yeah, and, and th- this fight is very brutal because it cu- it cuts back to Jack fighting uh, the missed son, and it just gets so brutal between the two, and and you can tell Jack is fighting his brother, he's he's fighting this legacy to be Starman, he's fighting for his life, he's fighting for so many different things, yeah, and he just lets loose. And the and the flashback of his brother like ripping up one of his comics, right? And and yeah. we we know that's just sacrilegious. That, that he wants oh, yeah. James Robinson wanted to piss everyone off that's reading a comic by destroying a comic, right? That's that's what you do to make us yeah. nerds angry. And I also thought that before I even got to the the top of page eleven on issue three, that the 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 girl that who you're right has been drawn a bunch of different ways now. She's just very casual and, and won't even put her beer down when this strange villain walks into their house. <laughs> she's just very like casual well, about this. She means business when she turns to her brother and hold my beer. I'll be right back. <laughs> I just had to point that out. But getting back to what you were saying, visceral fight here. Yeah, knives come out now. We finally got some blood going, right? This is getting brutal. Oh, it's getting brutal. And, you know, you could tell they're, they're both on in and then it... It cuts back to the shade, talking to the O'Dares, being like, again, a lot of words, but, yeah. you know, here, this was my plan all along, and I live in this town, and I don't want it to go to hell, so here, I'm going to tell you where the hideout is, here's what you got to do, just go on in there, and you'll be fine. Yeah, and there was a part of me going, do we trust the shade? Like, does is, is he just want to take the, o, the O'Dares out? But he could have taken them out before, so see, I trusted him okay. in the fact that I... And kind of before, you got this sense he didn't like the chaos. But, yeah, you know, it's like he could have killed him at any point. Yeah, true. You know, and you know the fact that the mist is holding up in Jack's family's mausoleum. It's yeah. like, again, Page it 13. that Joker. Yeah, yeah that, that Joker parallel where it's like he's just obsessed yeah. with Starman. Right, and they, I love how they're all the cops on page thirteen. All the cops are all getting ready to enter the mausoleum, and there's this man. Forty percent of this page is this this statue on the on the right yeah. side, gothic statue of a you know a winged angel that he spent. You yeah. know, Tony Harris must have spent days working on that thing. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's gorgeous, and it it deserves all its attention. But now let's move to the next page. No, <laughs> yep, <laughs> plenty. That's no, all. The, next, the, the whole splash page. Yeah, all the all the detail he puts in between all the tombstones yeah. and the the brickwork and everything else. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful page. 
Um, and then, yeah, when you when you get to the next page, you get back to the fight. And I love the flashbacks you keep getting with Jack. You know, his his he's fighting, and then the flashback of his brother pouring sand in his mouth, holding him down, pouring sand in his mouth. And he's and he's fighting, and then you get to the SWAT guys, and they're storming the mausoleum. You know, and then you get get to a, a page right after that where the first panel is Jack and his brother in a soapbox derby car. Yeah, together. That's great. Great it's flashback a, here. There, where he's got his helmet on. He's got the raccoon tail in like a soapbox yeah. derby. Um, but I I loved what it's. We're on page fifteen of issue three. I love that it's painting this. The brother really treated him like crap. Like like I was getting angry at the brother, right? But yeah. you do get the soapbox moment, and that looked that looked happy and glorious. Well, but, I, to me, that's where I felt like Jack was starting to get the upper hand. Then, yeah, like he's embracing it. He's he's now he's starting to remember the good times, not just the bad times. Yeah, and you know. and the uh, this is a great page, maybe my favorite page, uh, one of my favorites, page fifteen. You know, because you got the soap derby, uh, the soapbox derby, top left panel, and you've got the middle panel of the fight getting more brutal and blood flying, and the bottom panel of the, uh, you know, the the siege upon the mausoleum to 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 arrest the mist, and and shade is putting forth a a torn, shredded kind of dragon-looking shadow, yeah. right? And and like the bottom right is the the mist and the sister, the mister and sister. <laughs> <laughs> right and their head her head turns so you know it's like the door bursts open this page is just yeah. beautiful and gorgeous and kinetic yeah yeah and, and it's it, it keeps the action with so very little dialogue it balances yeah. out well, well and then and you get to the next page which is another flashback yeah, sixteen goes dialogue you know, it's, heavy, it's but the it's brothers now but it's good stuff it's heavy dialogue but yeah it's now they're like you know teens right yeah, they're teens, and, and you get this time that he, you know, he, the where David bought Jack tickets to a, a concert he wanted to go to. It's where yeah. David beat up a bully, where Jack's dressed like Starman. He beats up a bully who's picking on him, you know. And then you kind of get to the the uh, um, <laughs> the drinking of the cup, which was a, a collector's item, and the brothers like, no, yeah. stupid cups are for drinking. End of story. So there's like this back and forth. He loves his brother. Yeah. He doesn't. You know, it, it's right. Yeah, and you can see Jack's having that fight internally as he's having this physical fight in just that that last panel with the Miss Sun where he's got the, the blood squirting out of his nose and out of his mouth and his chin. And it's red. It's just this, yeah, and it's just this, this anger. He's going in for the killing blow, and he just stabbed on this beautiful splash page on the next one. Yeah, page 17, and, you know, gorgeous. Because the whole time, yeah, the whole time they're bantering about his brother and he's like but you know what i love my brother and he just shoves the cosmic rod in and lights the guy up yeah he's me i mean i love the, the that line right here where he says secondly i may not have like liked my brother and then this then you know that the stab goes in because the blood and yeah. first time we see red blood but i loved him may not have liked him but i loved him and he just ignites him right and, yeah. and sets him to blaze and just incinerates him yeah and, and you get you get a parallel in here and i was drawing it at this point was like you know david was the older brother this guy i'm assuming is the older brother and now both the other brother older brother dead and you know you got i got a sense from the miss kids that they're very close mm -hmm. where david and jack were not close at all right and 
and now you're left with both of the younger siblings. They're the only ones alive. Right. It's like the you score know? is even. Yeah. But I love the the bones. Page seventeen. If you look at the left hand side oh, yeah. of of him being exploded, it's yeah. you see the the individual finger digits of bone. Yeah. That are just like turning to ash. Like I love that it was a a real killing blow. I mean, it's comics, of course. It doesn't look like he's gonna come back from this. Um, no. And I hope he doesn't, because I like I like it when you know rarely ever in comics when someone's permanently gone. Yeah. But the guy is Ash. Yeah, you know it, this, this is great because it gets a very finale, finale feel to it, and then it immediately jumps into Jack kind of giving his you know reading his can't call it de- deposition, but you know here's what happened, and he's right. talking to the Odairs, and you see in a very small little corner you see um, you know the mist being hauled off, and then the sister being dragged out, and her stutter's gone. And she is just pissed. Right. She, you realize she's not frail as the way they sort of lightly painted her to be. And you can almost miss the mist leaving this panel. He's like yellowed out and camouflaged in the background, but that's a key thing. He's being hauled away and he looks very old and frail here and not misty at all. And you're right. She is inflamed. She is ready for revenge. Yeah. And they even haul the mist away in front of the original Starman, Jack's dad. Yeah. There's, you know, and he's got this look of, like, just sadness on his face. And, you know, she's doing her rant and her rave. And I, I love on the next page where it's like her arms are bound. Yeah. But then they put one panel where she's putting sunglasses on. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> they're not going to let your arm loose. So you put well, that's her on. third her third arm. We didn't really quite oh, see that, the other one. <laughs> but, yeah. she's back to not having the glasses on. <laughs> and this weird leaned over pose where it's like you can look down her top. It's like, what? what is this? I know, it's so strange. But I got, I, I, there were a lot of physics issues there, right? But yeah. what we got from it, though, was her uh, transformation. Putting those glasses on, she became the next villain for him. And yes. he's like, I thought you stuttered. And she's all, that was somebody else. Like, so, yeah. where she was really stuttering before. So she's made this, like, metamorphosis. She's like... Yeah. You know, bipolar switch, if you will, to somebody well, else. Exactly. And what I could add this, because as you read the Mist dialogue, you realize he has dementia. He doesn't yeah. know what's going on. And this was his children, probably his son, who was trying to fulfill his legacy right. to show his dad, hey, it worked. Because he doesn't know his son's dead. Oh, you know, can you just tell my son when he gets here? And so it's sad to take this decrepit super villain who's just you know doesn't know what's even going on anymore and just haul him away that was a huge strange odd and interesting turn to the end of this arc i thought too For this time was unusual yeah that was not a disease that people talked about that was not a common disease no and for them to bring it into the forefront of the original starman's arch nemesis has dementia has yeah, Alzheimer's, they, whatever they called it, is, it he doesn't know. They called it senility, remember? You know, he's yeah. senile. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's that senile. Was the, that was the term for it. But it, it was really sad. There's this victory yeah. in one sense that Jack, you know, killed the Mist's son. But then when you realize, yeah, that he's not all there mentally, the old man Mist, you feel yeah. bad for him and you realize, like, these are the kids' doings. Yeah, you're. it yeah. wasn't all the Mist as the primary mastermind here. Yeah, they were doing it for their dad, but yeah. it was them. And uh, 
then you know you get the you get Jack and his dad walking off into the sunset and a quick little jaunt over to a observatory on the next page. Yeah, I you know you see them building their relationship. Jack and his dad starting to kind of work on this piece. In page twenty here, his dad like accepts him because he's accepted the role of Starman. That he's like fulfilling yeah. fulfilling the the prophecy of his father, right? To take his place. Yeah. But he wants to do it on his own terms. He wants yeah. to do it his own way. And it's like, okay. And in the seven paragraphs at the bottom of page 20, <laughs> where he, I mean, could they have crammed in more words on, on the bottom of page 20? My oh, goodness. I, just, I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed reading it. It was very <laughs> rich. I can't tell you what any of them are, but I can tell you I at the time I, I enjoyed reading it. But yes, it's, it's like, uh, it's like having a dessert where all of a sudden you hit a chewy bit and you're just sitting there and just like, okay, it tastes good, but you know, come on, let's keep moving here. There's a weird nugget in the center of the of the yeah. whipped cream. You're saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but it know, did I, it did lay out that he was like he wants him to make um he wants him to be Tony Stark. He's like, look, Dad, you're smart, you're a genius. You know, you yeah. can you can you take your technology uh, abilities and create eco powered cars and 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 really take uh, the Opal City to the next level. And I'm not going to wear tights. And you're right; he lays out all the rules about how he's going to be Starman to his dad. Yeah, and, and again, you get one of these awesome bowling shirts. This one's green <laughs> and purple. So out there with the bowling yeah. pins literally on the back of the shirt. But I love that the the that. Jack was going on this rant. He's just like, and I want this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm not going to do this if I'm Starman, and I'm going to blah, 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 blah. And the dad's like, okay, great, 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 shut up. Are you finished? Okay, you got a deal. Like, he didn't care, like, yeah. what what the terms were. Yeah, he didn't care, he, and he knew that Jack would take over Starman. He knew that's what was going to happen. Or maybe. I mean, he's hopefully would. He maybe kind of, I mean, there's a few times where he told his son just to run. I mean, maybe he's just really happy that he did choose to, but he had doubts and now he's really feeling kind of proud of his son because he, he stood up and made the decision, you know? Yeah, I'll give you – because you didn't get past issue three, did you? Uh, four was a bit of a conjunctivitis banana pants okay. mess at the beginning. <laughs> between between four and five, there's there's a whole thing where <clears throat> the, the, the Spoiler, spoiler. Oh, oh, okay. I won't, I won't tell you then. Spoiler I, yeah. alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me. I'm, I, I think um, – I was maybe on the fence, starting to read this at first, and you 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 brought me over the fence. You took my hand. You 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 brought me over to the other side of the fence. Of uh, I want to keep going with this for sure. All right, I, I won't say anything then. We'll we'll see, <laughs> but you you get a couple answers. You'll get okay. some answers. So good, good, good. Yeah. Oh, man, eighty issues. But yeah, then we get um we get multiple epilogues here at the end of uh, yes. issue three on page twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, uh, with um painting a picture of. There could be many uh, star men, star people. Well, yes. So I, I can tell you a little bit here. I can tell you that this this circus scene that you're showing, that mm -hmm. you see with this this cosmic freak, mm -hmm. this guy that's all chained up in blue, mm -hmm. he was Starman in I believe the '80s. They, you know, during the, the '80s or maybe even '70s. Mm -hmm. At one point, they rebooted Starman as an alien. Okay. And that's who this is. Crazy that they keep him um, drunk and drugged in this asylum. Crazy. Yeah. They had some yeah. weird ways of doing things back then in asylums. Give him more Jack Daniels and cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, and yeah, they, it, they just want to keep him hopped up, and, and I think he does that to himself too. Okay, all right, but yeah, we yeah. get we get all these. So, um, just tell me this: this won't be too crazy of a spoiler because we're being introduced to a bunch of star men here, mm-hmm. st- star guys. Uh, will this in any way? I mean, you don't know; you haven't read the. But will these guys tie in to the next eighty issues somewhere? Are we are we just getting a weird epilogue that DC does sometimes with no actual you know payoff? Will these guys be in? Do you know uh, all these different star men? I can tell you for sure the blue guy is in it. Okay. And here is my guess. When you get to the second epilogue where you find out about this other star man, with, uh-huh. uh, what's his name? Will Payton. Right. My guess is when that that whole flash forward or whatever that the fortune teller told him about Starman going to space, uh-huh. this guy looks like he's in space. Okay. So I bet you he does come back to it. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Sure. Yeah. You know, they again they're they're laying the groundwork. You get this you get the shade, you get this uh potential new supervillain and the missed daughter, you get these other star men, you know, yeah. you get you get this legacy that they're building. And uh at that time that's what D C was trying to do. And they were very successful at doing it for about 20 years. And then they decided to do the new 52. But um, yeah, oh. they were able to really build these new le- these legacy characters and really build them up and make them make them strong, make it powerful. Nice. Well, a reason I want to keep going, not only for the legacy aspect, but I want to see the evolution of 80 issues. Like like we're saying, we, we don't get that, that to happen very often in comics. Yeah. Um, and I hope it's a singular continuity, and I hope that uh, we see an evolution of um, of art. Although it's beautiful, I like to see it, you know, evolve because I love Phil uh, Tony Harris, and I like to see where James Robinson takes all of this. And and I, I, so I'm in. Great pick, man. I'm I'm solidly in. Another another winner. You picked a winner. Oh, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. And, and maybe we'll do. Maybe this is kind of a fun idea. Maybe we'll check in around issue forty. You know, we'll at about the halfway point, we'll check in and see if everybody's still on board. You know, kind of where we're thinking the, the thoughts are in the evolution at that point. And then maybe we touch the last couple issues and see what that looks like. Yes, because I also want to know, I want to know at the end of 80, like, where does Starman go in the DC Universe? Don't answer this if you already know it. I just want to see. <laughs> you know. <laughs> because, of, because of where we're lining up to, like you said, the new 52, um... You know, and and uh, another one of those um, infinity crises, I think, happens somewhere in there, right? Or, or Before Flashpoint, that, yeah. or something. So there's some madness that happens continuity-wise for DC. So I got to see what happens to Starman and all of that. So great pick, man. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, we've. Uh, what do you give it? You give it a, a a great, a good, a fair, a poor? Yeah, it's poor. No, no, no. It's a great. <laughs> it's a great. It's a, it's it. Uh, like I said, it met my it. Definitely lived up to my expectations. Um, I'm in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna finish the 80 issues. Is what I'm saying right now. Um, <laughs> I just, by 2020. What? Well, about the time we can go back outside is when I'll finish that. <laughs> oh, you know? Okay. But no, no. And I just <laughs> recently finished a, a previous legacy run of um, for the Sandman character. And so it's like I'm in that mode, and I'm just going to go through it. Oh, cool. And it's been on my bucket list for a long time, and I feel like once I can get through these 80 issues, I can kind of cross it off and move on and not have to think about it again. 
Nice. Feels good to to go back into some of the stuff we somehow missed that ends up being this good. So yeah, we got to find more nuggets like this. But great pick, man. Thank you. And oh, thank uh, you. we highly recommend Starman, everybody. We hope you enjoyed uh, our review, talk out, uh, documentary discussion of Volume 1 of Starman. Thanks, bud. Until next time. Thanks, man. All right. I'll see you. See you later. Bye-bye. All righty. Well, there you go. There you have it. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you really liked Starman. Did you? Did you like it? Was it something you would read? I hope we talked you into it because we seriously recommend it. Five stars, three thumbs up. Starman. It was so much fun. I started out hesitant. I wasn't quite sure. It uh, had some things going on there that made it a little bit tough to read, kind of a dense read, if you will. But man, I really ended up enjoying it. I can see why people loved it. I can see why it is hailed as one of the best comic books of all time. Uh, that is Starman. So definitely read it. It is worth your time. Definitely, definitely check it out. So uh, who's next? Who has the turn to pick? It's my turn for next week. So I think I'm either going to pick uh, I've got three that I'm looking at. I'm going to pick either Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, maybe Rick and Morty, or even Hawkeye, the Matt Fraction run. So those are the three I'm toying with. I haven't quite decided which one I'm going to go with yet. But uh, tune in. I'll be announcing very soon. And thank you so much for listening. Please uh, support us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review with some positive words. We'd really appreciate it. And if you want to actually give a little something and donate to the Sunspots Comics podcast, which we would really, really appreciate, go over to sunspotscomics.com slash support. Any donation is seriously, seriously appreciated. So thank you so much. Until next week, stay safe. And uh, don't forget, read some comics. Read Starman. It was fantastic. And to be continued. Where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends The adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now